0: I like to move and move it. I like to move and move it. I like to move and move it. You like to move it. I like to move and move it. I like to move and move it. I like to move move You like to move it. I like to move it, move I like to move it, move I like to move it,
1: move it. You like to move it. Bone tomahawk. We're in, my little flute we're benders. In. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. Uh, we just we're just we literally about to start a conversation, so we decided to start recording that conversation. It was crazy to me. I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon this week for the Yo, first time. Right? It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that movie rules. It opens with a Bible verse and then immediately explains evolution. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by that idea, that it like starts by invoking the Bible and and the creation myth and then immediately goes to and then once God did that, we scientifically evolved this way. It was like very uh, interesting. uh, I I can't remember remember exactly, but it it's it's one of the um I'm pretty sure it's one of the Genesis verses that references like creation. Mm. But then it immediately jumps into like um, you know, us evolving out of the ocean because yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing ends up being that the creature is sort of this missing link between like how we got from the ocean to the land. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just was fascinated by that idea that it invokes both religion and science at the They're same not incompatible, time. Incompatible. No, I know. Depending but on how you look at it, but I, yeah, that seems like so way. It's not of. of it's a thing you and time. I talk about all the time that yeah. we love. It's like one of the things I like about knowing, which I know is like a cheesy thing about knowing, but I love it. Is that it's just well, like
2: I mean, let's be honest. Creature from the Black Lagoon rules, but cheese is an element. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. But. The The movie Knowing, uh, uh, you know, the Nick Cage movie, yeah. uh, is, is very much just like, hey, maybe the Bible is explaining the same thing that science is yeah, explaining. Yeah. Maybe these are just two versions of the same story. Or like
2: when Thor is like, well, I'm right. not going He's like, oh, what do you call science? We call magic. Or, right. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, but it, yeah. it's exactly that. Do you like my
1: Thor? Did I sound just like Chris Hemsworth? You sounded just like Chris Hemsworth. I've been
2: working on that for like... Three seconds.
1: I mean, you are about as good at doing a totally vague, non-distinct accent that definitely isn't him masking yeah. his Australian uh, <laughs> I mean, as he is. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, I was just fascinated by that. I thought that was really interesting. Because, I mean, go. it's not like that movie's crazy old. That movie's from, like, 1954 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I but think it,
2: the original Gillman might even still be alive. Oh, in interesting. very fucking old. I I met him at Monster Mania oh, really? when I was, like, 17. That's so, so cool. He. And he was old as
1: shit, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he's not around. I hope he's still around. Yeah, yeah. I think the the, the, well, the woman who played Kay, whose name I can't remember now, um, I can look that up. I think she just passed away very recently.
2: I feel like I remember reading something yeah. like
1: that. In some of the
2: later Black Lagoon movies or creature movies, yes, say, that's right. They keep um, referring to it as the creature, in, the creature in the titles. But there's like a there gets to be a point where he's like really not shaped the same, and he wears a suit and a Intr- hat. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, dude. Those movies. It is kind of funny that like. Sometimes we think about franchising to death being like a product of '80s horror. Yeah, and like, no, that's actually been around forever. Franchising to death. Yeah, uh, you know, by the time I, bl- I think it's Lon Chaney is playing Frankenstein's R- monster, right. yeah. and like, you know, it's just, it, yeah, you know, we've done it. Yeah, and it's and it's great. <laughs> oh, really I want to
1: see all the sequels to these movies. It's Julie Adams is her name. She Julie plays Kay. Adams, okay. and man, is she good in that movie. And she's like stunningly beautiful. It's crazy.
2: What's uh? Check the Creature? Is oh, the guy who plays the, the creature? Oh, oh, interesting. Let's see.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, and good point. I uh, might as well. Yeah, she died February 3rd, 2019. Oh, man. She, like, she just passed away. Um, the Creature, let's see here, is played by... Duh, 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 I bet that's going to be harder to find. Ultimately, going to turn out. Well, I just oh, is that remember meeting him, that and he was very much. Oh yeah. So oh, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a few of them, Gilman, right? There's Riku Browning. There's Ben Chapman. So
2: I think Ben Chapman might be the one that I met.
1: So that's who was the creature when he was on land, and yeah, Riku yeah. Browning is who was the creature when in the water. Okay, this would be the land, which guy, is interesting. I yeah, yeah. So Ben Chapman and Ben Chapman. He died in 2008, 2008 at 79 okay. years old.
2: I probably met him at like two thousand two. You know, it was a
1: interesting. Uh, I will, uh, but uh, however, Riku Browning still alive. Still alive? Maybe yep. it was him. I yeah. don't know.
2: I, I don't remember. I just remember being like, "Wow, this guy is proportioned exactly <laughs> like that creature," yeah. which would make sense since he played him. But it it seemed almost as if he was reverse engineered from the creature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i trying to find a great picture of it in the suit.
1: Anyway, I, I really liked Creature from the Black Lagoon, and uh, I, that was just like, for some reason, that was like the thing, it just like captured my imagination, that like, right away, it's, I don't know, it's invoking both the Bible and science, and I feel, and you know what struck me as the most odd about Here's, that? Uh, one of, uh, that's as wow. close as I
2: can get, but yeah, that's when he becomes a very dissolved creature later wow. on. I don't know what that's from.
1: Uh, it, it just occurred to me that like, somehow it feels like that would be more offensive to a 2019 audience than it was to like a yeah, right? 1954 audience oh, in yeah. some weird way.
2: They'd be like, first off, this movie presupposes that the Earth is round, right? Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, questionable. Yeah, like, yeah Oh yeah. God, twenty yeah. yeah, nineteen. Yeah, no, it is kind of weird, but it is funny that that's just something that that's always been at the at the forefront of science fiction, at least in idea form. You know, is just that you know we're solving magic. Yes, we're we're removing, and so you know I think the heart of the you know science versus religion argument is the idea of removing. You know magic removing faith yeah you know just by proxy of that but it's always been at the forefront of those things but i uh i forget where i'm going with that oh that's okay they've always been connected and so it makes sense that it that it happens in something like creature from the black lagoon that has Uh, Not necessarily questions, but is the idea of a humanoid fish.
1: Yeah, I I was actually, that was the other thing is I was like, how did I not know that the premise of this movie is that the gill man is like the missing link? Mm -hmm. Somehow that's like I didn't know that that was the premise of Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I thought also like fascinated me. Um, And it's got, like, a working woman in a scientific field in Mm -hmm. 1950. It's, like, it's cool. It's it's underwater photography. Early underwater photography. Not only, like, the other thing I was very impressed by is the, you know, because it's 1954, so it's, like, post-technicolor, you know, they chose to shoot this in black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black and white is, like, super crisp and gorgeous. I I have, like, um, you know, I don't know, like a a Blu-ray that is, like, a restoration of it or whatever. But it's, like, this very crisp black and white. And then, when it goes underwater, I assume because the technology to shoot underwater was like you know uh uh um not quite to the standard that um thank they're, you, they're, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's murky as yeah. it should be for like what they're actually trying to depict underwater, which I thought was like very interesting that like it they make the technology a feel work to it by being for them. murky, yep. yeah, yeah yep, well, yeah, they those make those sort are cool. of cool, yeah. They make that limitation work for them. I loved the Universal Monster movies. I was, nice. like, way into it. Now I want to see all the, the sequels. I've am I'm like I've only seen them
2: in those little eight-minute reels. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of them. Sure, yeah.
1: I still maintain we need to pair up a monster with
2: Harold and Kumar. Oh, yeah, yeah. We absolutely have to do that. There's no reason why the Abbott and Costello meet Monster of the Week movies can't be carried on with Harold and Kumar do it whoever owns them make a deal
1: Yeah I mean I, wa- I I wonder who did the Harold and Kumar movies because I I think you know uh Universal has been you know they've allowed like I guess Blumhouse is, or Blumhouse is maybe a universal company and that's how this is working Maybe I don't know I'm not sure exactly I'm But anyway sure. if that if that ends up being successful maybe they can do it
2: if they can get Spider-Man back to the MCU Yeah 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 if Disney we, we can get Harold and you know, Kumar if, into it. if Disney's gonna buy everything, yeah,
1: it better result in
2: that. That's that's the one thing that I will request to mitigate the creative homogenization <laughs> that is likely to occur yeah. to some degree. Yeah, just give me the Harold and Kumar. You know, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna raise the price. Yeah, I want Harold and Kumar meet Jason. Yep, you know, yep something yep, like that. Yep. You know they lose their jobs and now they oh. work in a in a in a summer camp. Sure, and he's like, "Whatever, Roldy, we can we can get laid." And he's just like, "This is embarrassing. I'm in I my 40s. I can't believe you remember their names." Oh yeah, Harold and Kumar. No, but you said he Roldy. Uses, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's his thing. And then Jason shows up. Yeah, but the other thing I want is Doctor Steve Bruhl and Pee Wee. To meet up and go ooh, on a road movie together would watch that would be it would be the funniest thing <laughs> that that anything could ever be. <laughs> you have to so do fu- it. yeah. You have to do it, Disney. Otherwise, you've been fucking up a lot lately, yeah. And this is this would be some reparations in the right direction <laughs> towards making my emotions feel better about your choices. Uh,
1: I I can't stand them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also, like Star Wars is so good right it's now. It's the best thing. It's so good. It's the best. The last Star Wars movie, was, not Solo. The last Star Wars movie yes, yeah. was the best Star Wars yeah. movie. So you know,
1: uh, Anyway, you can Disney. find us. Online yeah, I know. Let's I just like do it.
2: Movie. Uh, uh, thank you uh, once again for putting up with our strange schedule. We're getting back on things. Yeah, now. we're back on track. Uh, we're back on track. Uh, hit the sack and it's on the pump. And uh-huh. back and I, uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All that stuff. So anyway, yeah. uh, one of my favorite movies ever is Sorcerer. So let's oh
1: talk god, about it. god, I can't wait. Yeah, so we kind of came to this just because we did Thief, uh, yep. what would be one or two episodes ago, depending on how we release these. Anyway, Thief, loved it. Tangerine Dream. Yeah, score. absolutely fantastic yep. movie.
2: Perfect in every way. Yep. Blown away. Yep. Fucking incredible.
1: Lo- loved it. And uh, Tangerine Dream does the score, and that got us talking about the other sort of like major score that they did, which mm-hmm. is Sorcerer. I've not seen it you love it it's in my top 5 favorite movies yeah. ever
2: sorcerer is a stone cold masterpiece yeah. it's so good
1: so i am i was like very much looking forward to getting the opportunity to watch this one because when i bought the thief soundtrack from andy I also purchased the Sorcerer soundtrack oh, from did? Andy. I also own that on vinyl right. and oh. have been refusing to listen to it until I could hear it in context first. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. So oh, now I so can fun. fucking spin that record and enjoy the shit out of it because the score no, is so good to this movie. You gotta movie. let me hold it after this is Oh, done, I will, yes. I want to look at the liner notes. Yeah, yeah, you uh, got right it. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, it's sitting on my shelf over there. So uh,
2: Sorcerer is 1977 William Friedkin movie. Correct. It is a remake, not a remake of The Wages of Fear, but another adaptation of the source novel The Wages of Fear yes not read the novel I've not seen Wages of Fear so my only familiarity with the story is Sorcerer
1: what if it turns out the novel is from like 200 years before and so it's like this has all been like some insane adaptation of it to turn it into this like dynamite crossing a, a bridge you know
2: I mean if it's like based on like old folklore. Yeah, yeah. The man carrying the chickens yeah. up the mountain. I mean I, I'm there. like yeah. 99% sure I'm wrong about that, but I'm 100% I like sure that idea. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean I guess there's a hero's journey elements yes, and all that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sorcerer is a movie that I don't think I I'm not sure if it was ever poorly reviewed, but it was a movie that just kind of disappeared when yeah. it first came out. Yeah. It came out uh literally one exact month after Star Wars came out. <laughs> And so there was just no unseating Star Wars at the box office at that point. Yeah. It had become, you know, it, the, the seeds of a phenomenon were, were built. People were going back to see it. Over and over again, why would any theater put Sorcerer in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the answer would be because the filmmaker's last movie was Exorcist. So yes. it gets a couple screens here and there. Yeah. And everyone goes, ooh, Exorcist scared the shit out of me with its magic evil sorcery. I guess Sorcerer <laughs> is a good follow-up to that. And then they show up and it's just like a, a beefy picture of, it, of yeah. adventure. Yeah, yeah. And so, because of that, there's no word of mouth campaign. It just kind of disappeared and was forgotten about, despite the fact that it's the best.
1: It's really good. It's also like, uh, you know, Roy Scheider is somebody I only know from Jaws and then having seen another Friedkin movie, having, you know, seen um, uh, French Connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, it's like, it's very interesting discovering the rest of his career and like seeing the different. Uh, car- he plays so you and i were talking about how he plays certain things very well mm-hmm. uh his surprise his incredulousness his fear he wears those things on his face very well he wears his fear so so well yeah uh,
2: there's uh, there's a shot in this movie where he makes the exact same face that he made in i almost said star wars <laughs> the exact same <laughs> uh-huh. face that he makes in jaws when he first sees the shark and he <laughs> snaps up and looks back at the camera yes. cigarette falls out Yep. it's what what was that I it's when what the they're driving over was. the bridge it's like when he oh, first yeah, gets yeah, yeah. to the
1: bridge and kind of like looks down at it like i'm about to drive over this yeah, thing yeah. that's he has the exact same look the on the exact his face.
2: same fear but the characters couldn't be more different exactly because yeah. uh, sheriff brody is i don't want to call him a pussy but he's just like <laughs> he's a quiet softer man yeah i wouldn't say soft but yeah. you know he's just he's out of his element yeah when he's when he's uh, on the boat,
1: he's also a. I mean, this is a weird phrase to use for this, but he's like a true blue, you know, American dude. He's like yeah, he's he's, a good all American. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a he's a law abider and yeah, a, yeah. And, and and a good f- husband and, and father. one of the laws
2: that he typically abides by, despite being sheriff of a shore town, yeah, is he's kind of a land lover. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable on boats. He yeah. goes as a matter of duty, not as a, you know, but. So he's like, uh, and so in this movie, it's similar that he's out of his element, but he's a different guy. Oh, totally. Uh, he's he's not doing what he's doing as a sense of duty. He's doing it out of a sense of this has to be done or I will or I will die. Yeah, yeah. And I, I need to get my old life back. He's also, so you the, brought he's, up, he's
1: like a greedy man, he's too. He's a greedy man. You know, he's like, he's a bad man. He's greedy he's and good has... Yeah, yeah. He's a fucked up dude. Yeah.
2: And so we have this guy who's definitely purely virtuous versus yeah. a guy who is... And they still have that same fear that he, he wears. Yeah. And such versatility, but there's these, uh, I guess, uh, well, I don't want to say tropes. There's just these uh, newly iconic things that we're recognizing now yeah. that he does that uh
1: kind of uh shows his skill set yeah and i that like was kind of the thing that jumped out to me immediately with the movie was like getting to see him in this kind of like different totally different character and like getting to like buying into it immediately Mm -hmm. um but also like just kind of getting to watch him like flex those muscles too you Uh, know yeah. yeah
2: he's really good and he's like kind of a troubled looking guy yeah yeah and um I don't want to say he's like, he's like hunky. He's like deceptively hunky. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, just to see him be this kind of an athlete. But I guess my point is that I don't really have an idea of of his thing. Yeah, agreed. He's not a guy that I think anyone's going to be able to do an impression of. No, no. And uh, so it's hard to pin down what. I think we all have a sense of what a lot of actors are like in real life. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely no sense of what he's like in real life because there's no congruencies besides these just little tics that he does. Yeah, yeah. So he's it's very it's it's interesting to see his range because he's not someone that we think about in terms of hmm, what is he capable of doing.
1: Yeah, and I I, it, I I'm just like very curious to see more movies that he was in, having now seen a few I of them because they're movie. so I know these roles are so C-quest different.
2: Sequest DSV for a long time. What Do you the remember that fuck? Show? No, I, I've never watched it, but it was a uh, it was Jonathan Brandis was in it. It was like an under underwater star. This Trek. is Lab, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was Sequest. DSV or something like that. Yeah, yeah. French Connection, all that. Oh, yeah. He was in 2010, which is a very, very uh, good sequel to 2001. Oh, I never you saw want to that. Believe it or not. Peter Hyams, director of Sudden Death, yeah. End of Days. I've heard good things about that 1. movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, he was in Dracula 2, the sequel to Dracula 2000. He's Ooh, a whoa. Shit. His later stuff is a little bit rough. Yeah. Let's see what yeah. he's known for. Jaws. In, I see. Yeah, Jaws is in there uh all that jazz scrolling back oh down. i never saw
1: all that jazz
2: yeah his his main four are jaws the french connection all that jazz in 2010
1: okay okay interesting yeah i need to see more of his work because he, he he is like uh, he's an amazing on-screen presence but he's also like a fascinating one because he he is
2: oh marathon man he is in that oh marathon yeah man
1: rules. i've seen marathon man i forgot he's in that movie
2: he goes back, you know, he's like older than we expect him to be. Yeah. I mean, he's dead, but, you know. Sure,
1: sure. But yeah, but we, I mean, we, the movies we think of him from, he's probably middle age already.
2: Uh, he has a credit, a uh, song credit for Jaws as performer for Show Me the Way to of Go Of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I just, he's not a guy that I think is no. like, oh, he's like walking, he does the yeah. thing, you know, and in, in that he's in that way, he's chameleonic, despite being terribly unique yeah. in the way that he does things. Yeah, but yeah, this is a strange movie. It didn't get its love, it and strange. then it became a, and then it became beloved. It's like considered an absolute classic. Yeah, friend of the show Dan Santelli says that it's the best American film of that year, oh. and I trust him when he says things uh-huh. like that uh-huh. because that's a very Dan Santelli thing to say. It is, but I, I know what he means. I know, uh, and I might agree. This movie
1: rules. I mean, I am. I, Star Wars is just in my blood. Oh, I don't know of course. If I can, you know. Yeah, it's
2: in my blood, but yeah. The
1: Last Jedi is so much
2: better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I don't just know. It's so good. I don't know about that. Oh, there's more lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> there's more. There are more. I just want more, Garrett. It doesn't yeah.
1: need to be perfect. I just need more. I do like that they kung fu with their lightsabers. They kung movie. fu, they flip. Yeah. The background burns away yeah. as they yeah. do it. I mean, that is like the best scene in a Star Wars mm-hmm.
2: It's the best Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. No, but I, no, I, I, Star Wars is in my blood, but yeah. this movie just rules. It's a big old fat piece of steak, and you've got to gnaw yeah. on it for two hours. Yeah. What I like most about this movie, and I said this before we started yeah. watching it, is this is one of the few movies I can think of that feels like you're watching a book. Yeah, yeah. And it is based on a book. Yep. Uh, and certain movies that are based on a book have that feeling. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, a movie that isn't based on a book will... Um, I almost said "Gone Girl." Gone
1: Girl is based on a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
2: yep. But like, that's another movie that has that feeling of. You this brought is up a uh, long...
1: uh, uh, We're we're big fans of Bone Tomahawk. Oh, Bone Tomahawk feels like, um, a, a to yeah. feels like a book. Definitely has a book feel. Cell Block 99 feels like a book. It just has that sort of pacing.
2: Yep. And this this sort of has that. This yeah. movie. Uh, as it's known, as it's advertised on its poster, is about guys trying to get very volatile product across an impossible-to-cross terrain yep. on the shittiest truck. Yep. And so how do we fill two hours with that? Yeah. Well, we don't. We fill about 50 minutes with that, yeah. maybe 45 minutes with that. Yep. The first act and a half of this movie is just giving the stakes for our lead characters. Yeah. So I think it starts in... in
1: I think we start in La Cru- uh, Veracruz. Veracruz, yeah. Start in Veracruz. Start with the assassination. And we get nothing.
2: Yep. It's just a dude in a room. Another dude walks in, blows his brains out. Yep. And so it doesn't let on that this is connected to anything. Right. And then we move to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yep. And we witness guys committing a bombing attack. Yep. And then uh, most of them getting killed while on the run. And yep. one of them just getting picked up. Yep. And so then we cut to some banking intrigue. <laughs> yes. And now these are all, you know, tend to you know I mean it gets longer here the first two probably take about five ten minutes yep. then we get into like a 20 minute segment yep. of just vague bank shit as yeah. to why this guy's on the run yep and then we see a and that's a, in paris france it's in paris france and then we go to new jersey east orange new jersey i can't remember like that or elizabeth yeah. elizabeth, elizabeth new, new, new jersey, jersey. Elizabeth, new jersey. Right. yeah and a bunch of gangland robbers rob a church owned yep. by a mob yep. and it's like what the fuck uh-huh. are all of these disparate individual very separate films what do they have to do with one another yep. and we find that all of these men, as a result of these things, must go on the run, yep. which puts them into an anonymous jungle country, yep. and they now have to drive a volatile product across an unforgiving landscape. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So we were talking what about what a the- crazy format, though, to give us all of that up front. No movies. Would ha- I mean, I don't want to say anything in, in the, the broadest strokes. Sure. But, you know, the, every rule that screenplays are supposed to have is broken by another better screenplay. So whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like... To me, this reads as the kind of movie that if I wanted to put butts in seats, maybe like 15 minutes into that, I can see the producer just being like, "What? Is, what is this? Yeah, what are yeah. we going
1: to?" Yeah. Despite it being extremely engaging. Yeah. To me, this like, uh, you know, uh, feels like the format you want to put every movie in. Mm. We start with the characters. We build them a little. We get introduced to all the characters. Then we get to the setting. We introduce the setting then we get to this sort of situation we introduce the situation and then we can fucking start the plot you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so and and that's like the right order we start with the characters so that we really are getting to know them over the course of all the other things we get, need to get to know such as the setting and the fact that it's this like unforgiving landscape that they're in uh, and then we need the situation the political unrest the 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 way that the political unrest allows for this place to be a place where an american company can come in and kind of like cheat a bunch of people and governmental restrictions to sort of like have their, whatever that is, oil refinery or whatever it is they're doing. It's like they by building all of these things one at a time, by the time we get to and now you fuckers gotta build your own trucks to drive this dynamite across the jungle, it's like the moment they start driving, you're like pulling your hair out because you're like, I know exactly why this is dangerous. I know exactly why they shouldn't do this. I and know I exactly why they are.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly why they're doing it because yep. it's the kind of task that anybody on the planet would be like, absolutely no. not. I would much rather just live in this yes. shithole than than do anything you yep. remotely close. I will to die that. here before I blow up in your truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but then they make the pot sweet. Yep. They make and you know the the guys are such good characters at this point that that you.
1: You you get why they're doing it. You see how they ended up here. I buy wholesale that these guys end up here because of their poor choices Mm -hmm. and that because they're the type of guys that made enough poor choices to get here... The moment somebody's like, "I might have a way out for you," they're like, "Yes, I'll make whatever next poor choice I need yeah, yeah. to to do that."
2: I'm fucked. I'll dig yep, deeper. You yep. said it when we we're watching.
1: I'm just gonna dig and maybe I'll get to the other side. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna assume there is another side to what is ultimately a bottomless pit. Mm, they're, and they're
2: all they're all like forward thinking forward thinking guys in terms of like it's just what's the next thing. Yes, uh, it's just and that's how you eventually get into crime. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. how eventually. You know, we don't know anything about the assassin. Yeah, we, yeah. and we never learn anything nope. about the assassin except that he is uh, certainly susceptible to bullets like yeah. the
1: rest of us. Well, uh, and I, I think based on what we know about the other three guys, we can make assumptions about him. Where the, the thing that is a, a, a no
2: one goes to school to be
1: an assassin. He yeah, ended yeah. up there exactly,
2: and so we have. He ended up there. Uh, Roy Scheider's greedy, so he yeah. ended up there. Uh, the French guy is a lush, yeah, yep. so he ended up there, yep. uh, and. I I almost feel bad calling him a terrorist, even though that's what he is. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. uh, he's definitely a terrorist. Yeah. I, I actually can't quite figure out his character. I'm not sure. I yet. don't know
1: if that... I, I, yeah, I I, will, I, mean, I don't I know also what the motivation is for the bombing, so it's harder to say. You I know? think in some way, not to sound too uh,
2: forgiving towards the idea of terrorism, but I think that stems from a level of desperation. Yeah. And I think he might represent a little bit of desperation. Now, they're all desperate. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he might represent...
1: Yeah, I, that. I I don't know enough. I don't know if it's possible. It's politically motivated, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or something like that. I I do feel like there were some things going on in this movie where I was like, mm, I wish I knew a little more. I don't know if I would need to know more about world history or what, but I felt like the posters we kept seeing get hung mm. seemed relevant in some way that I wasn't. I think understanding. they're supposed
2: to be evocative of real world images without being referential to anything specific okay. Yeah, because we don't get the country, yeah, which they don't is tell actually us a where nice it touch is. because as we get a title card for each of the different locations that these men are at, when yeah. we go to the jungle, we don't get a title card. Yeah. And it's fun because I think before we smash cut to that, we get uh, Roy Scheider being given the offer to go there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because he's on the run after a botched robbery. Yeah. And so the guy's like, listen, I don't know where you're going. He's like, I want to know where I'm going. I I don't know where you're going. He goes, I literally don't know. It's just the kind of place that no one wants to go. You know, that kind of thing. So. You know, but we of course we, he does know. Yeah, and we don't get that yeah. title card, but that very smartly makes the film timeless. Yes. Because it's not of a spe- it's not a Vietnam movie. It's yeah, not, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not of a certain era. Yeah. It's just this is a place you don't want to be. Uh, we've seen things that look like it in other yeah. media, in the news, in the real world, that we can make that connection that this is just it's not a good place. The yeah. people aren't being taken care of by their leaders, yeah. and therefore there's unrest. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's true. And it's also the uh Everyone there speaks a language that all four of our guys, I think except for the assassin, uh, don't really have that much experience with. So it's just meant to be foreign. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think because I I thought the language was Spanish. But it's maybe, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: it's definitely Spanish. But Roy Scheider only knows like right. a passable <laughs> yeah, little bit of yeah. Spanish. One guy's French. He only knows a little bit of Spanish. The one guy is from Jerusalem. He's Israeli. So he only knows a little bit of Spanish. And the guy that we know nothing about, that we don't really trust, because we know nothing about yeah. him, he's got a, he's got some grasp of Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So it's he, like
1: he like starts in Veracruz. So I think we can sort of assume that he he has yeah, some yeah. like you know Spanish speaking background.
2: Well, later, when he's in the truck, you know we understand that, as those guys are chatting with one another and saying, "Let's kill these guys yeah. in another language, that he knows that there's death yes. being talked yeah, about, yeah. yeah, oh man, yeah, it's so it's so this movie masterfully stacks for each individual character that literally everything that could be going against them is going against them, yeah, and much of it is their own damn fault, yeah,
1: yeah, yes, they are the, we buy their desperation enough that it's like, yep, they're gonna try and drive these fucking trucks that is." 100% what these guys would do. They got to do and it. And they even, like, they kind of imply that, like, uh, you know, they they literally have, like, auditions to see, like, who who of these desperate people will be best to drive their dynamite trucks. You remember that, scene? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they kind of imply that, like, all of them are lying about their truck driving experience. Yep, yep. They're just the ones that they're, they're desperate enough that they can they can they can literally pretend hard enough to actually seem like they know how to drive a truck
2: and i think they are seen as outsiders yes. by the people who need this job done yeah so they are expendable yeah yeah and also the the dudes who need the job done are also white dudes so you know so i think that there's just a, a connection there that these guys stood yeah. out because they're they're not as brown yeah um actually the one guy uh who's like brownest will say uh mm-hmm. killed to get in. Right. Yes. You know, they picked yes. an older yeah. white guy to do that. So it's like these guys all had a little bit of an edge. Yeah. But um the, Oh yeah, what I wanted to say about that scene like when they're like that's ripped from a getting the crew together movie yes, yep. that's that's the one part of this movie that feels like a montage, despite the first act and a half being a prolonged montage yep. of how these guys got together. We get this one little area that's like kind of a cutesy fun thing where yeah. uh they've got a bottle of water on the dash, and you just got to keep that as level as possible yeah. while they drive, yeah, man, that's good well, and so we go through a whole bunch of different people, including Joe Spinell <laughs> who absolutely cannot do it
1: no no. Well, they they also, uh, that, that montage ultimately ends with another montage, which is one of my favorite things in the movie, which is building the trucks. Yep, yep. Yeah, that is, so I, I like the stack, you're right, it's like it starts with this sort of long montage, and then we get into this kind of ramping up to the plot that is a kind of series of like putting the team together montages, figuring out who's going to be the driver, then building the trucks, and now we get the dynamite, and then moving the dynamite onto the trucks, and now boom, plot starts. That's something that they do very, very well in this movie is handling how explosive
2: the dynamite is without actually blowing up the dynamite. Uh, All we get is, and this is a very instructional movie, the way that uh, every shot is directed. It it lets us know what things are about to break, what factors are about to come into play unbeknownst to our characters and what we should be looking at at any moment. Uh, But the... uh, the dynamite itself, all we get is a guy flicks a little bit of the sweat off the dynamite into uh, into just the brush, yep. and it makes a pretty loud noise and scares thousands of animals. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah including yeah. Garrett. Yep. And it's little touches like that that show like how explosive this is yes. without giving the money shot of blowing up the dynamite,
1: right? Because the first time we see the dynamite blow, it's terrifying. It's so scary. That well, and you're right. It's like the, it's the the entirety of that first hour that, uh, uh, you know, whatever you could argue is like this is not how you'd make a movie now. Like you were saying, like mm-hmm. now a producer would be like, no, 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 you got to give me an, a dynamite exploding ten minutes into this movie. Yeah,
2: you'd be like, who's this guy? Where's Kevin Hart? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone shoved Kevin Hart in a locker that no normal-sized human could fit in. That he could fit in because he's little. It's funny. We need it. It's funny. Let's get it. It's got to be in our movie. Yeah, we gotta have it in the movie. We're making a movie. Where's Kevin? And he's just like, I'm right here. What are you talking about? This is the set of any movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. (laughs) Uh,
1: But they they really over that first hour spend almost every shot is in some way trying to illustrate the danger that will befall these guys eventually. Mm. There are explosions. There are cars turning over. There are lots of, like, trucks bouncing on roads. There is the dynamite itself, sort of how volatile it is, like you were saying. There's the the roads themselves. Oh, my God. Every single shot of the movie gives you something. One of those things is in every shot of the movie so that by the time you're an hour in you are well aware of every single danger that might befall these guys on the journey they're about to take. It's like pretty brilliant filmmaking because they don't really have... There's no character to explicate like... You're going to drive 45 miles through the jungle. The roads are uneven and haven't been kept in years. You know what I mean? That's totally how it could get done. Yeah, there's nobody that ever explains that.
2: All we get in terms of the mileage is that someone references, like, we got to get it 200 miles away. And the first thing Roy Scheider does when he sits down in the car is write 218 in the chalk on the dashboard above the odometer. Yep. That's his countdown. Yep. And, like, that's all we get. And this movie is very much not not, uh, explaining really anything. Yeah. It just kind of takes you there with them. Because even their stories that lead up to it. We really don't know anything too big about it. No. You know we know Roy Scheider's a gangster that yep. that took down a church that was owned by another gangster. That's it. We know yep. nothing that fuels that. We know that the terrorist is like he's got something that he's trying to prove yeah we don't know what that unrest yep. is just that it's unrest you know that we know nothing about the assassin and the French guy we know just shitty banker yep and it's a movie that presents itself up front as if that's what we're going to learn right and it turns out we're not learning that yeah, yeah. we're just watching these extended I guess eventually they become tropes you know yeah, the yeah. lush banker the the sure, gangster
1: sure. with greed issues I don't, you know yeah yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that Okay uh, yeah, the I but I, I like that the movie sort of like uh, takes its time building all those little details so that by the time we get these guys in these fucking trucks, like the trucks themselves, have this almost like Mad Max look to them, where they are literal like characters in this movie of some kind. Mm. The one has like teeth, basically. Oh yeah, like,
2: yeah. Uh, I like that though because it's stuff that they added. It does yeah. add to their characterizations and that they're like, well, before it's the same coping device of military guys painting their planes. Yeah, where it's just like let's have fun with this because this is fucking
1: we might crazy. Be going out. Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, uh, and then it's just like it's literally just an hour of like some of the most tense, intense action that's not action i've seen do you know what i mean i mean it's definitely action yeah in that you
2: know it's just when we think action now it's a lot more dynamic and a lot more about there's no choreographed the of in doing this movie, it. You know? yeah no choreographed yeah. gunfights but like there's difficult physical feats yeah. being done in large-scale sequences yeah, yeah. so it's action in that yeah, sense yeah. it's not oh the transporter uh, the cars sure, don't sure. do fl- well. They do do flips, they but do, they don't yeah. do flips. I mean, the I cars spent, don't do karate.
1: I did spend most of this movie going like, "How did they do this?" Yeah. Every two minutes, it was like, "How did they get these shots?" Like, well, the what? real question to ask is, "Why did they do this?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They yeah, did yeah. do this. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I don't know how much of this was shot in real jungle and how much yeah. of it was shot in fake jungle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it all looks pretty legitimately yes, real. But yeah. like driving those cars across the bridges, they just reinforced some shitty looking bridges and drove them across. I'm yeah. sure of it. There's yeah. no other way they could have done it.
1: It's, it's I mean, there is, you know, there's that uh, couple of shots where you can very clearly see that it's like a big truck on a broken bridge over a like, raging river. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's over a raging river is what makes me go like, it's not that they couldn't do that uh, on a soundstage, I guess, but I don't think they did.
2: You yeah. know what I mean? Honestly, it was probably just cheaper to do it that way. Right. That used to be the way, because yeah. that, that's what's so funny is that Back in the day when we first started seeing like c g i pop up, yeah, it wasn't good, but that's because it was so expensive that you only did these really supernatural things yeah. you know in terms of cinema uh if you had the money now it's the other way where it's like oh yeah well let's it's actually much cheaper to just render a bus, yeah yeah, and you know, but like it was probably just super cheap instead of building a river, it's like, well, we got a river in the Amazon, let's drive a <laughs> truck across yeah. it, yeah. We'll get a truck down there. Yeah.
1: Not building a river, that's yeah. going
2: to cost so much more. Yeah. But then,
1: you know, the flip side of that is like, I do feel like when we get to the interior shots of like Scheider in the truck, sort of trying to drive it over that yeah. bridge, I do feel like I'm probably looking at something that was done on a soundstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is only to, I'm only bringing that up to be like, this movie is incredible. You spend, I spent every second being like, how did they do this? Because I never feel like I never feel like I'm cutting from a real jungle to inside a soundstage back out to a real jungle. Mm-hmm. It all feels natural, and, and that's like I don't know. That's like really remarkable to me. This is you know Star Wars as much as I love it. I know I'm watching a bunch of stuff on a sound. Now I mean I'm watching yeah, yeah. science fiction, so it's I guess a little bit. It's different, a little bit but different,
2: but I, like there's no, there, there's no sense
1: of the artifice here. Yeah, and it, there had to be so much more artifice to pull there it had off. To yeah. have been there, absolutely had to have been and and i just i was like in awe of that i was like i can't believe he fucking figured out how to do this which is weird to say about a movie that like again is like if you just told me what this movie was you're like yeah it's about a bunch of dudes driving dynamite over a bridge i'd be like great, cool, I guess. Is that exciting? That's a yeah, fun yeah. Is movie? Is it a really long bridge? Yeah. Does this like, work? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's exciting about this? It's like everything. Literally everything. Every oh, moment of it is stressful. Is so well, the way that
2: everything's set up, all the way down to their characters to the end, is that almost every character, even the dudes running the whatever this... this Fucked up factory is or yeah, drilling yeah. location is because they're doing the same thing that our main characters are doing. Yeah. A disaster happened because they they just kept pushing until they had this evil success, yep. and so now they're just gonna push through that and, yep. and make it happen what do we again. Do next? How do we you solve know, this? What do what we do, do we... next? Go go go!
1: Consequences. Last thought. Yeah, whatever. Last thought. Like get what, it done first, yeah, ask yeah, questions yeah, yeah.
2: later. Yep. And so there's this house of cards being built up throughout the whole thing, and at any moment they could all fall and yep. every level of it is volatile for a different reason Yeah, you know we find out midway through that like even if they can get the even if they can get everything to go as perfect as possible their tire might just burst of its own accord yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it just might happen the actual political unrest might show up at your door with machine guns yes. you know, like it's yeah. just anything could happen yeah. at any moment yep. and on top of that you could explode
1: yeah uh, th- like I, I kept thinking about the the um. The and s- actually, and all, to to speak to that metaphor, yeah. ultimately at the end, uh,
2: I'm sure we'll get there naturally. But ultimately at the end, you know, he goes, "Wow, the house of cards is complete." Yes. And then from the very bottom level, one card is like, "Oh no, I actually stepped out," and <laughs> yeah, this whole yeah, thing's yeah. coming down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it has that it has to maintain that
1: the whole way to earn that last one. I totally agree, and I I, I kept thinking about like how every decision they make is the wrong decision, I guess, you know, like the wrong decision shrug. The movie makes it believable that to them,
2: it's the only decision. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, what's important because we talked about it where it's like the second I hit one bump, I'd be like, I'm actually not doing this anymore. I quit. This 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 ruined my day in my life. I'm going to go starve to death in my shit. I'm just going to go run
1: off into the jungle and hope something better is out there. I'm going to
2: go find that lady who's washing the floor and and we're going to have a good night. Yeah.
1: We'll do that. I'm out. It's yep. Uh, it, it is unreal that these guys just continue to push against these like unbelievable circumstances. But I like buy it, which is a fucking insane thing in the first place that I even buy that these guys would just keep fucking digging on this. Um, but I, I do think it's like, you know, kind of the first thing is like they get to that like fork in the road where the sign has come down and Scheider's like, that weighs money we're going this other way. And the other dude's like, I have the map and it says not to do that. And he's like, I don't care. We're going this way. And it's like, so they literally do make the wrong decision kind of every time. Yeah. yeah. But they're always like imp- in, and and that makes it
2: worse every time. But right? that's who they are. They, their yep. whole lives have been wrong decisions yep. that they confidently
1: make. Yep. And get and you know they, they get two steps ahead when one. they could
2: have gotten five. Yep. So they just keep going. Yeah. And then they
1: got to make the next one, and the next one is bad for X, Y, and Z. And then they got to make the next one, and that's bad for X, Y, and Z. And then they got to make the you know what I mean. It's mm. like, but they just keep going every decision. Anything
2: built on a foundation of poor decisions is bound to fall apart. Yes. Uh, yeah. You can. If you make good decisions, when the, when it all falls apart, it'll only fall down to the good decision. Right. But right. if you make all bad decisions, it's done no matter what. Yeah. Any, a spark a sparkle set it
1: off. Yeah. That I mean, even when they blow up the tree, which feels like a somewhat triumphant moment because they really pull off this yeah. thing, you know, and and solve a very big obstacle, a very big problem that's in front of them. I have to assume that that explosion. Is what cues off this guerrilla army that like there are trucks coming this way yeah, yeah, yeah. that may have useful things to us because we just heard an explosion. You know what I mean? Do like, you think that that one guy shot out their tire or that I it just burst? Kind of do. Yeah, it's once they well revealed they show his that, body there
2: with the machine gun. Yeah. Uh, when they when the second truck pulls yeah. up, so he was close enough to the explosion.
1: Once they revealed them, I was like, I think that is what happened. I mm. think that they. And and I think that that's I think
2: it's kept pretty ambiguous though it is and it could just be it that could be the tire blue yeah yeah it could be that the tire blue it could be that he shot I just don't know yeah but I, but I I do it represents the same thing yeah that there's an element of chaos around yeah. and it came to to a head there
1: and, and I could be wrong that, that that them blowing up the tree tips these guys off maybe mm. it's such a far distance that whatever but I, I kind of the way the rest of the movie is laid out. I, I kind think of it think does. That's that what explosion's happened, fucking you know? huge. Yeah, and I think that's what happens. They tip off these gorilla, and then it's like next and next and next. It's like mm. every decision is the right decision to get them out of the problem they've created, but it just creates another problem. Oh, yeah, they're band-aiding all yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah band-aids
2: at yep. to the top. Man, that ex- and that's the first time that we actually see the... Nitroglycerin explode. Yes. Uh, what we see before that is just like the oil farm. I'm calling it an oil farm. Sure. I don't know yeah. what it is. I'm oil, farm. It an oil farm. It's an oil farm. You don't even, you don't even farm, where they oil. farm oil. We're calling it an oil farm. Yeah. That's it. I don't want to hear any, anything else. Till about the it. land for oil, yes, as our exactly. president
1: tells us, we do. Uh, you know, that's like <laughs> if he says it, it's yeah, gotta yeah. be true. It's. I just. I just. I said it like that because it's like I assume that's what. Uh, uh, Americans think it, it must be like it's like you know that's like that's the dystopian America yeah, that yeah, yeah, we yeah. think we live in where it's like our president is on TV giving a commercial where he's like and the and the farmers out in the flyover states yeah. just tilling the soil for the oil you know like <laughs> the
2: oil soil yeah 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 it's.
1: Whew. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, to sorry. Talk about. No, I no, didn't it's didn't all
2: good. to realist that way. Um, I what was I talking about? Farming the Oh yeah, yeah, that's the we see the explosions there that are just oil explosions, but yeah. that's the first time that we see the dynamite explode yes. or the nitroglycerin now explode. Yes. And that is a stark explosion that I think is purposefully meant to be bigger than we ever would have expected as well as bigger than they ever would have expected. I mean, I think it's
1: perfectly reasonable that something as big like that would draw the local military. Of course. Well, and when yeah, when the when the truck then finally explodes, it eviscerates the truck. Mm -hmm. There's like you see like an axle. And there's yeah, like nothing else, you know. Oh, and I, I believe. Oh no, no, it's at the be, it's
2: at the beginning explosions where you see the arm in the dirt. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. They just get fucked up. It's crazy. Oh, you know, you, oh no, never mind. That's in his dream sequence that you see the watch.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing about the the um, the explosion of the the truck is the way that that's edited is mm. like so. It makes the impact of it like so crazy. I literally like sucked my breath in and then held it because like you watch the tire blow and so then I inhale really fast because you think it's going to be an immediate explosion. Exactly, but then it's not. There's like two shots.
2: Well, it teeters over the edge of the cliff and once it catches then it blows. And
1: even when it catches that I was like that was when I held the breath that I pulled in and then it's you watch it Tip, yeah, and then, then it no,
2: and then it cuts to the inside right. of the cab, yes. yeah, and all of the, the boxes of explosions Fall forward. roll
1: towards the yep. camera, yeah. Oh man, it's beautiful, it's so well edited to like. Just have this like maximum impact of like it's literally the moment that that these two guys that never communicate
2: and don't really get along are opening up to one another about like what's waiting for them. They're fantasizing about home together. Yeah, your typical like military trope when everyone does that the night before everyone dies in the big
1: battle. Of course,
2: they're doing that, but it's not the night before; it's seconds before. And it's it's
1: it's them celebrating before the victory. Right? It's like Mm. it's probably the thing that all four of these guys make the mistake of doing all the time. It's literally the thing that gets Roy Scheider like into the situation he's in they're in the getaway car driving away and talking about how they're going to like shell the money out Oh yeah, they're yeah. celebrating before they've gotten away, and it turns into an argument that turns into them crashing. And yeah, you know, yeah which is a brutal cr- so, crash. It's crazy. So so a, good. A whole ass body flies out of that car. Yeah.
2: Oh oh yeah, that is the best. <laughs> it's crazy. There's a lot of dead stuntmen in this movie. There there's, absolutely has to be.
1: There's a dude that walks into a building which and then, then we watch the building
2: explode. In, and then later, outside of that building, there's just flaming, realistic corpses. Oh god. I think. If I were to guess, William Uh Friedkin just went into a village and murdered a bunch of people. (laughs) Because even like the part where there's the riot happening as they're uh, passing out the dead bodies from the explosion, it's like, I want to believe they just wrangled a bunch of people to be extras and directed a scene. I also wonder if William Friedkin executed family members of real people <laughs> uh-huh. and filmed
1: the legitimate and and uh, uh, valid riot that ensued. Yeah. <laughs> That's always my thing about like the beginning of police story when they fucking destroy an entire shantytown. I'm oh, like, yeah. they didn't build a shanty town for this There's movie. There's no way they bought all these deeds.
2: They, they just blew it just up and left. Destroyed it. <laughs> yeah.
1: They were like, these people can't catch us. Jackie yeah. Chan, kick something. Yeah. Go. Jackie, you'll run from this on foot and climb onto a bus. He's
2: like, only if I can say uncle. They're like, say it a
1: hundred times. Run. Run, boy.
2: (laughs) He's the director. uh, (laughs) I will run. Uncle. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he says uncle and everything. And then he he, does. He urgently rubs his shin. (gasps) Man, he's the best. He's the best. Uh, One of the things that I loved, uh, a great touch midway through, and this is when you said uh, something about how Roy Scheider, I forget what it was, but when I describe the scene, yeah. you'll know. When they first run into that tree that blocks the road, yeah, uh, it's where he ru- he sort of runs out of the ability to say we can get through this. Yes, he can't figure it out, so he goes crazy and uh, starts hacking away just anything that's that's in front of him. Uh, you know, wood wise, he's yeah. <laughs> cutting vines and all that. And then he set off because he, he throws a machete to the other guy and he's like, "Start cutting!" Yeah, but it's clear madness. The guy shoots a gun very close to his head a couple times, so he's losing it. And and, and I do like that they introduce this madness that they're sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Get, getting to well, that It early. culminates to the yeah. trip sequence, yeah. which we'll talk about. But what I love about this is as he's going to hack stuff up, he just falls into quicksand. Yep. He just goes and it's like, oh, yeah, a foot off the road is actually a lake of muck. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's every it's conceivable terrifying.
1: problem is, is in front of you. There's, and there's that, no solutions. The, the thing that I said about him there is like there's that moment where he's sort of having the idea that like, well, if we can't get through this tree, We'll cut down these eight other trees. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But what we're watching is him have an idea. He's really good at at sort of... He has the physicality of having an idea. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah, You see it happen on his face and in his body. You know who's good at that now? Yeah. Chris Pine. Oh, he is really good Chris at that. Chris Pine's
2: really, really good at just... I think that's essential to a Captain Kirk. Yes. Because yep. Captain Kirk is a more virtuous version of one of these characters, which is... We don't have time to
1: plan a solution. Let's go into it and we'll improvise. We're yes. good like that. We're good yeah. like that. And you can watch you can literally watch his body and his face have ideas. Mm-hmm. You, you don't he doesn't have to explain them to you. You just watch him I don't know how to explain yeah, it just but you goes, know he's having ideas wings. and then yeah. goes yeah, goes for it. You know it's he's Tommy having ideas. and You watch him do it and you it, see, it, see the the gears turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great at that. He is very good at that. And it Scheider's like exceptional at it. It's it's crazy. His forehead and profile
2: yeah. goes straight down the front of his nose. He doesn't have a, a nose that sticks out, yet he still has a prominent nose. I don't know
1: how he does it. I was thinking that that he is a very interesting looking man. It like it makes sense to me that he was a movie star in the 70s. He's he kind of like reminds very... me of Tom Jane where he's he's the uh
2: he can clearly be funny if he wants to. Sure. He can be a tough guy. He can be not a tough guy. Um and it's like he's kind of handsome, but he's definitely a dweeb. Yeah. So it works for everything. Yeah. Uh, like honestly, if uh, if I were to cast The Mist in 1972, it would star it's Roy Scheider, right? Of course 100%. it is. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So he's he's got that type. Yeah. Ooh, he's like a man. Tom Jane. The 1972 version of The Mist. Oh man, it'd be terrifying. What a wonderful thought experiment. Who would play the uh, the uh, There's There's something in the mist. Oh, uh, who would play that? Uh, at that time yeah i know i'm only thinking of george c scott for some reason (laughs) would he be like there's something in the mist yeah 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 who would it be 72 because it would have to be like somebody who's like kind of older in 72 is it i mean is this where like alec guinness is like starting to get into his old man phase that'd be kind of fun or uh, i don't know who else edward g robinson still alive (laughs) at this point i don't know when he died yeah i don't know either yeah i don't know yeah I'm I'm like, too, I'm not good at at that. Let's go, let's go the game. other way. Yeah. Okay, let's play this game. This will yeah. be
2: fun. Let's cast the remake of Sorcerer right oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my vote already for uh, Scanlan slash Dominguez. Yes, Those are the yes. two names that he goes by. Uh, Roy Scheider would be Tom Jane okay yeah like he that. is my he is my choice for that
1: I, I i could throw pine in that
2: role since we also just oh, yeah. discussed absolutely uh, pine. I think pine my problem cool. with pine is he's too much of a hunk for this sure okay because i don't think there's a way to throw pine in the mud and have him not come out of it looking hot okay <laughs> you fair, know? and fair. like tom oh. jane
1: would come out of you be like man he looks really upset you know who i might like based on what you just said and i'm sorry to potentially insult this person no, by doing no. it Robert Pattinson would be like super interesting yeah, in that yeah, role. He'd be good because I think he could come out of the mud and be, you'd be like, "I'm terrified of this guy." Yeah, I'd be like, "He's he's, he's losing broken. his mind yeah. and he's sweaty as shit." Yeah, 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 but he doesn't he doesn't have the hunk factor that is still seen. Like yeah, kind yeah. of requisite to the role
2: you need a little bit of that yeah, hunk factor yeah, and i yeah. think jane's got it yeah but no he's not bad yeah but i think also we're biased right now because uh, i think uh, i don't want to speak for both of us but I, I know i'm on the page of i want robert pattinson to play anything robert pattinson wants to play i'm not going to stop him
1: he's the best <laughs> i've already called myself a patent son oh yeah i'm real into just watching him do stuff but okay so who plays the french guy can we think of a French actor or are we just putting plugging somebody in? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be French, True, we can right? Do Actually, it where this could be, yeah, he
2: could just be foreign in some way, yeah. yeah. Um, he could be, but but he also kind of has to be
1: a little bit older, like so he could be fat caddy, sure. Actually, you know, he kind of rem- married for 10 years. You know, who he kind of reminded me of just the just in his look is um Jason Clark. Yeah, he would be good for that. If it, he like for some reason he just like that was who came to mind when I was like looking at him in this movie, and I, I feel could like Clark would be that. interesting in that role. Clark's the best too. I'm glad that he's he's yeah. Showing I'm glad up. he's having like a a, a moment. But I'm trying to think if there's a
2: somewhat foreign <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. If there's like a somewhat yeah.
1: foreign guy that I could that I could put in there. Well, I mean, really vaguely European is maybe what we need. Yeah, for, yeah, the, exactly. for the banker character, just
2: someone not American because yeah. uh, I think that's the. Because, that, that you know, once again, to go back to where the country is just a vague South American country. It's yeah. just that's that's all it's supposed to represent is that it is foreign. Yeah. And these four guys are 100 percent foreign to one another. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's actually only when they do team up that they manage to get anything good done. Yeah. Um,
1: otherwise, it's just them misunderstanding one another. Can we put Benicio Del Toro in the role of the assassin guy? Oh,
2: without a doubt. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be great for that, yeah. and he would make it very f- weird and, and funny and yeah, strange. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that he could also do the role of the friend. Well, maybe not. He's not quite a fat cat.
1: I think I could buy him as one, though. It would yeah, be interesting to see, see him, him try and play I that. I just don't
2: know if Benicio Del Toro would be uh, you know, if he would be willing to step out of being weird as shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I think that the assassin could be as weird as he wants to make it. Yeah. God, I love that man. Yeah.
1: He was in the best Star Wars. He was in The Best Star Wars. Was, who who would be like, I'm trying to think now of like uh, somebody that would be like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody that I could buy as like a sophisticate, but then is also just like, you know, I also I'm like, oh, you're also like a dirt bag, you know? I mean, it's a tough sell, but John C. Riley could do it. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, he's just so funny. Anyway. Although, you know, it's Sisters Brothers. He's great in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He could be someone for that. Yeah. He could definitely he could be someone for that.
1: The hard one is the, the little bomb guy. Yeah. The Israeli character. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have to be Israeli. No, I know. But think- he, I think you know, it can be. I I think the idea that it's an international cast makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but yeah. they could all be just from what anywhere in the my world. My gut says Riz Ahmed,
2: but I also feel like that's problematic in of itself. That I'm just automatically suggesting someone who seems to
1: be Middle Eastern for a terrorist. My brain but, immediately went to Dev Patel, and okay, for probably yeah. the same like intrinsic like race but, you know, reasons.
2: But it's not even the, the intrinsic ra- race reasons that I think. What a I'm weird phrase I just made it. up. I know, it's yeah. good. It's not because of the IRR. Yeah, that yeah. I, that I.
1: But maybe its is and isn't. I'm just not able to see it. Yeah
2: It's just that oh, inherent man, racism
1: there's... is probably what I was trying to say, and I just made up some other more complicated term. Yeah,
2: uh, which that's usually the way
1: to soften things. It's yeah, good; yeah, it works. Yeah. Adding syllables always makes it a little bit
2: better. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you can do it. Yeah, uh, small small comedy trick. There's yeah, some syllables yeah. in there if you want to soften it. Yeah. Um, no, I just I guess there's an innate foreignness to it. I, maybe I am just being racist, but I also I also just I really like I like Riz Ahmed a lot. Oh yeah, he's great. And I think part of that character is you have to be little, and he's not a big guy. Oh, interesting! Yeah, um, yeah. that character because they all have different physical impositions too. Yeah, they do. You know, and I, he has to be little. Yeah, um, you know, he has to pop up on that log, and it, I just very much see Riz Ahmed doing. I see him building oh. that cool machine on the log. I, I could totally buy him as that
1: character. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think it would be good. I just feel
2: like now I have to suggest someone else uh-huh. of a different race to feel better about it for uh-huh. myself. Um, well, I don't know that we need to like go through the like. Qualify. Let's hit. We have to do one for every race. We're going to be here. Well, here okay, we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. The, the only um, other thing that popped in was John Leguizamo because he does. Ooh. He does squirrely well. And yeah. That guys kind of squirrely. Is that yeah. what I'm going for?
1: Honestly, I kind of like what we and we've like kind of gotten to this place where like these guys are even older in our version than yeah, they are yeah. for this one, which I, I even kind of dig in some way, too. I mean, it would certainly crank up the urgency in terms yeah. of although you have
2: to be careful, too, ooh. because that could go the other way where it's like these guys almost feel memento mori about it. And they, yeah. they're just like, well, this is what I'm gonna have to do.
1: That's true. That's
2: a good point, actually. You know, it could go either way. Yeah. But I mean, it's a good mix. I don't really have a sense to what these guys' ages are. I, I would assume Scheider's in his forties. I was gonna say I, I would I, assume that would the Israeli guy's in his 30s.
1: Pretty much middle age. Yeah. Like yeah 30 that, yeah. to 40.
2: Yeah. Although I, uh, the assassin seems older. He does actually. He seems right. like yeah. he could
1: be 50s to sixties. Yeah. But,
2: you're right. You know, so I mean I, that's the thing. I think that the the permutation we're going through here. Everyone just has to be different. Yeah, oh, the, 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 that was one of the things I liked about this movie. Was
1: it is this international cast, and they are like it. It makes sense to me that like if the plot of this movie is is it's about these guys that end up in the same place because of just how shitty they have like the the string of shitty choices they've made. It like almost makes sense to me that there wouldn't be four American dudes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it would be like. People from all around the world. There would be somebody from somewhere very distinct and different. Is how you end up. You know what I mean? That there's. Well,
2: and they're dudes that like. As we learn by the end, possibly be that many people that make. They can decisions be found. A place. lot of people know them. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, there's no way that two dudes that know each other would be sent to the same place to hide out. Right. That's not how you hide out. Yeah. True. And yes, So, like, yeah. this being a good hideout place is not going to get two dudes from Brooklyn. Right. It's going to get people from you know all over the world yeah. that have to do it. And this is just. The shittiest place. It's the place you don't want to be. So it's the place that you won't be found. Right. So yeah, naturally these guys would be from everywhere. Yeah. No self-respecting mobster would send two guys to hide in the same place. It's crazy. What are you doing? Yeah. What maybe,
1: are you doing? Maybe this is sh- uh, where Sasha Baron Cohen gets his like dramatic turn.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he would be good. Yeah, yeah. Although I think he's more the cop that roughs Roy Scheider up at the bar. Sure, yeah. Because yes. he just yeah. looks like Sacha Baron. He straight Cohen. up looks like a Sasha Baron. Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen, I think, could do some drama. I, I do too, with without a doubt. It, his commitment to character is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because even in did you see Hugo? Yeah. He's funny in that movie, but he's pathetic, and yeah. that takes
1: dramatic chops. Yeah. He might be good. He actually might be good as the fat
2: cat character.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking yeah. actually. That he could probably pull off the. I look good in a suit and I can speak well in this room when we're talking about bank shit. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you put dirt on me, it's like, I could also build you a truck from scratch. Yep,
2: yep. And he'd, he'd actually sell the, uh, when he and, uh, and I'm just going to call him Bomberman. Yeah, okay. uh, When
1: he and Bomberman have
2: to go across the first bridge yeah. and they're arguing over who has to drive. Yes. And he's just like, get in the truck. And the guy's like, fuck no. And he's like, get in the truck. And he's like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see him doing the, Get in the truck. Get in the truck. Like, yeah. don't even bother negotiating yeah. with me because you're not gonna do it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And him doing that could be cold and scary. Yeah. And then going immediately back to
1: Jovial. I could see yeah. Baron Cohen doing that. That's interesting. Do you want to talk let's talk about the ending of this? Because I, I Let's I, talk about
2: the ending and then I think we
1: absolutely have to talk about
2: the filmmaking. Yeah, we will. We yeah. will. Uh
1: I the ending was like amazing to me because we end up on like a place that literally looks like an alien planet. Mm-hmm. He by the time Scheider has survived this, he's like kind of a shell of a a man. You know what I mean? Well, he's got like is, nothing left. It's the
2: first time that he's had to kill anybody yeah, to, yeah, to get that's along. what it seems like. You know, and it's when the military guys stop the truck after the the leading truck blows Explosion, up. Explosion, yeah. And so him and the assassin are, you know, in a really precarious situation with these guys that they don't share a language with. Yep. And they just need to get through. And these guys will steal whatever's out of the truck. And so how how does he get out of it? Well, uh, assassin blindsides them with a gun, because that's what he does. Yeah. And then Shider smacks so. a dude in the neck with a shovel. Oh, God. And then as his carotid artery is gruesomely bleeding out, yeah. he continues to beat him over the head with a shovel oh, until God. he's dead. And it's like, up until this moment, all of them have had to avoid death to survive yeah and this is the first moment where they've had to invoke it
1: yeah and well I him think, specifically i think him specifically yeah, yeah. yeah. well none of them Well, because the bomber the, bombs things and kills people and I, the assassin I mean, is an assassin in terms of their mission oh yes yes um, yeah
2: in terms of wh- what got them there i yeah. think they've all killed or gotten somebody killed I think at that point yeah Uh, i don't know if the banker's gotten somebody killed but he seems like a pretty low morals guy right yeah um he he was i believe fucking the uh lady cleaning the floor so yeah well it's suggested she gives him a uh, buena suerte uh gift yep and then he looks back like what's up dick and, um, yeah. So I see what you're but, saying. That this, like, this mission in particular, this they, mission been was able all, all about it. just staying. Yeah. Like, you are the thing being killed. Stay alive. Yeah, yeah. And it meant, you know, busting through adversity. It didn't mean taking someone else's life. Yeah. You know, they're courting death. Yeah. And yeah. then at this point, they have to invoke it, and yeah. it's like that's the moment where it suddenly becomes like this wasn't part of the deal. Right. Yeah. And it becomes the one thing that. I don't think that I would say that they they thought of as unfathomable, right? But that none of them considered would be something they had to do. This you was know, another one of those outcomes that they just were not even they weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. just their their job was to stay alive, yep. not to to kill opposition. Yeah, um, and, and even before the thing starts, they they renegotiate the terms because they realize that part of this mission is rolling the dice on being the expendable one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's an expendability factor. And so yeah, that's all that they've considered with death is that they might die, not that they might have to kill. Yeah. So after he's the only one left with crazy volatile cargo uh-huh. having just killed some to the most gruesome way possible,
1: he has a little bit of a bad time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I mean that trip sequence is like feels like a thing I would not see in a major Movie it doesn't feel at all day. like this movie, even. I know, but yeah. it, it. What's weird is it's almost relaxing.
2: Yeah. Um. It, it's almost a peaceful moment. Yeah. Despite him really losing his mind, uh, suddenly all other threats are removed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just you're gonna have to get through this this yeah. mental moment.
1: Yeah. And it, that is interesting, actually. That it's like it's not even. It's you're no longer afraid for, uh, the dynamite to blow him up and take his mm. life. You're you're now watching him. I mean, this is, these are literally the way I was thinking about the phrase, the wages of fear mm. during this sequence in particular. Cause it was like, this is a dude that has had to kind of push fear away from him as much as possible. Like the only way to do what he does. And this is true for all four of the guys, but like the only way to do what he does is to sort of like not feel the fear mm. in any of these like given situations that he puts himself in. And now he's literally feeling all of the fear from like years of what he's been doing all at once. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? We're seeing him flash back to PTSD. He's
2: having a moment of shell shock where he's just like, I think it gets to a point where the volume is so high on all of the cards that could be falling at any moment. That the only sane thing you can do is ignore every last one of them. Yeah. yeah. Know, and and that's what I think he's having there is a break where it's just... Like, and, and it's interesting how it's represented in the environment because we immediately go to these cooler tones. Yep. It turns slightly Pop-Tart, yep. a more muted Pop-Tart, yep. um, but it suddenly becomes arid. Yeah. There's no moisture anywhere. Yep. There's, uh, there's obstacles all around him, but the path is clear. There's yep. a, a nice, not paved, but clean path. And it's like he's reached this moment where it's like i i can't go on thinking about all of the tiny things working in perfect harmony to in in such a uh uh, what's the word precarious harmony Uh uh um that it just becomes like i just have to yeah to be in this you know yeah
1: and he like he experiences like these flashbacks to the first car accident mm. the the killing the priest i think like you see like all of these sort of like death and destruction that has kind of like come along on his path through this whole thing kind of flashing before his eyes over and over again and i i don't know that was when i started thinking about that idea that like this is what happens it's like you cat you put a cap on fear to get through what you're getting through mm. and then when you're on the other side of it or at a certain point like you said there's like a critical mass of it it all gets unleashed at once and you're just like flooded with like all of this at the same time, Uh, which literally like seems to drive him crazy. You know, I think he goes crazy. And I think I was thinking about this this time, especially
2: at the end, um, knowing that, you know, it's all for naught and, and his original pursuers do find him and presumably is what could be a gunshot execute him. But before that he kind of realizes like, wait a minute, this isn't going to work out well for me. He asked the lady for a dance and has a nice peaceful moment in his suit. But I think there's a suggestion there that when he comes out of that bad trip, he has some sort of survivor's guilt, but it also completes this arc where he realizes, like, I actually don't think I deserve to survive. Like, I I did the work and survived, but I don't think I earned necessarily the right to have done all that I had to do to survive. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's the, the cost... The wages, the cost of of what, the cost that I took out of things around me, shoveling you know a dude to death and yeah, all that, yeah, uh, you know to support this factory run, this oil farm yep, <laughs> run yep, by these yep. corrupt people, like all of the things that I did, that I that I just said, you know, it's it's worth it for me. I deserve this. Like I don't deserve this. Yeah, yeah. That's. That's that's what I think was the conclusion he was reaching in his trip scene. That's interesting. It was just going, I, I don't, uh, I survived by sheer force of will. Yeah. And, you know, the things that I willed to happen to keep me alive were, were certainly not worth keeping me alive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- that was the way I kind of interpreted uh, him asking that woman for the dance is just like, I think him realizing, like... That his his end is coming. Mm That like he's not going to make it out of this bar. I don't know if he knows if he's going to make it out of the
2: bar yet. But when he's talking to the talking to the guys and every place the guys like you can go there, he's like I can't go there. Yeah. Well, how about this place?
0: I can't go there. Yeah, yeah. And
2: like he's realizing that like. Maybe not that he won't make it out of this bar in terms of someone's gonna come in and execute him, but like I actually don't have anywhere to go but here. Yeah,
1: you're like, there's no getting out of this. That's country. interesting. I I, I kind of read it as like he he knew that that not that he knew there was a car outside that like yeah, guys yeah. were getting out of, but that he had that he by by the time the guy was like. Yeah, don't worry. It's a check, but you'll cash it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, like he got through a couple of these steps of like, there was that thing about like the dude only pulls the scotch out for special occasions. Oh, yeah, there, yeah. There yeah. were like yeah, a bunch right. of details that started adding up that I think he, to me, I read it as him going, like, yeah, I'm not getting out of this bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I gonna, think you're right. I'm going to give myself whatever small, tiny, slight moment of what I will call dignity I can get because I'm about to go out. And yeah. That's yeah. It. I think you're right. But I don't think that, yeah. but I also don't think you're wrong. I think you are absolutely right that like part of him accepting that that's what's going to happen yeah, yeah. and he's just going to go get that slice of dignity is him realizing like he doesn't deserve to live anyway because the only other thing we've ever seen him do is what we've been talking about this whole time is just the next thing to survive. What's yep. the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? That's yeah, he's first... not going to go
2: out and get a job at a Walmart. That's the first Most time his Walmart like...
1: doesn't exist yet. But also because he's just not able
2: to do that. He yeah. can't do that. I
1: think he's like, there is no next time. There is no next thing. Yeah, it caught up to me. Yeah, I don't deserve that. And it's here at my doorstep anyway. I'm going to go dance with this woman and, and probably die. In, yeah, you know, wear my like nice white
2: suit. Yeah. dance it up and
1: yep. boom because also I don't have $40,000. Yeah, yeah. I have this check that I now realize is totally meaningless, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah. Oh man, that just and that sucks too to just realize like I was just a cog in this machine. Oh yeah, yeah. But I thought I was busted. They were going to fuck me no matter what. Yeah, nope. Yeah. I was just getting And boom. and if
1: I like that the the sort of even the arc of I'm going to get fucked no matter what is like over the course of the movie is like Hey, wait a second! They're fucking us by only paying us a thousand dollars for this. We demand two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh, you know what? That other, tr- the, the whole reason they're sending two trucks is because one of them could blow up. I think one of them is about to blow up. I'm gonna get even more money. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that's such a great scene yeah.
2: when, when. Uh, they f- when they get across the, the poster bridge. Yes, yeah. And it's like, there's no way they're going to make it across that bridge. Yeah. So now that, that we get more of the money, that's yeah. uh, t- you know, $2,000 or
1: $20,000 for each, or 20,000 yeah. pesos for each of us. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, there is this arc of like... His understanding of like what these rewards are and yeah, yeah. mean and like you know what I mean. It, it, it it's he's pretty constantly
2: interesting. reaching. I mean he's greedy. Yeah, it's, yeah. He is a greedy guy, and it is funny how after he's made the arc of I don't deserve what I lust for, suddenly all he lusts for is just just to dance, one
1: last dance. Yep. Ah oh, man. Yeah. Ah oh, man. It's really good. Yeah. It is really fucking it, good. And just the the so let's talk about that. The filmmaking is unfucking real mm. in this movie. One
2: of the things that I really like is that. A lot of it is just quick cuts. There's no fading or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just quick cuts to things that are in the environment. Yeah. Um, in any scene, two people could be talking, and it'll just cut to... Like when they were building the uh, the bomb apparatus to yeah. blow up the tree, um, we learned how they were building that, not because they showed us building it, not because anyone explained it, but because he showed us the pieces, and we built it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, when uh, they were first loading up the trucks uh, to take up to you know, uh, stop the fire at the oil farm. Yes, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> kept cutting back to the file at the oil farm. Yeah. You know, both to show us that's where they have to go. Yeah. And to show us, like, this they're is, handling fire. Yeah, this is the ultimate
1: consequence of, yeah. like, what may happen to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is...
2: And it's honestly crazy, you know, the whole about surviving. You know, these guys are just survivors. It yeah. is interesting that they're trying to stop
1: an explosion by blowing it up. Yes, yes. You know, yeah, even yeah. in the bigger picture. That's yeah. the that's what they have to do is yeah. just destroy further yeah. to prevent loss. It's it's literally all nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's all just fucking chaotic nonsense. Destroying There's, further to yeah. prevent loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But, yeah, so in the filmmaking, uh, Friedkin just, it's very instructional. That's the only word that yes. can come up is it just shows you exactly what you need to know and it's it's the essence of show don't tell yeah but the fact that a large portion of it is like is pretty static yeah and it's just showing you the pieces every once in a while you get like a pop zoom into something to really draw your eye in i love those yeah oh excuse me and um yeah and it just shows you every piece that you need to know but it never actually assembles them it lets us do that it's awesome incredible amount
1: of trust in your audience that that i I really don't see anymore there's so many shots that you you kept saying throughout it's like almost every shot of this movie could be the poster for this literally movie. every shot yeah. and i mean this
2: literally every new shot of this movie you could put the
1: title card over you might
2: have to change the font sure, but sure. it could be a poster and i don't you know i don't mean it as in being a poster for this movie but just like it could be a poster yeah the composition on everything is impeccable
1: yeah it's unreal But then there's, like, a bunch of really awesome, uh, what I'll just call, like, technical stuff that I fucking loved. Just, like, the way he would let the camera be, like, when they were doing stuff on the bridge, sometimes, uh, like, if we were, let's say, in the cab, like, if the shot was almost like a perspective shot from inside the cab of the truck... He would let the camera be like loose and moving with the bouncing of the bridge Mm -hmm. so that like the whole frame was sort of like bouncing with the bridge. But then he'd cut to like a shot outside so we could see the truck bouncing on the bridge. Mm. And now we're a totally locked, steady shot as we watch the effects of the bouncing bridge on the truck. It was like such a perfect, it was oh, every second of the movie was like the perfect way to bring me in. You kept saying things like, I can literally feel the tension they need with the ropes to, like, pull this truck somewhere or something. I can feel every
2: level of... of, When you you own a car and drive it for a while, you get a feel for, you know, just what you can do with it. What it's capable of. This is how much torque it's going to
1: require to get up this hill. Exactly.
2: I get that feeling from that truck almost right away because yeah. he's shown me what its wheel is capable of doing right what its engine sounds like yeah. you know just how it revs and all that yep. and yeah, and the way that it, and you said it on the bridge when the when the one guy fell through and he's trying to you're like this truck looks like a monster it, it, does. And it is framed like a foreboding monster as it's about to eat this guy on the bridge pretty yeah. much but we also get the sense that the guy driving I know the angle of sight he yeah. can't see that guy yeah. yeah I know how far he has to commit to a pedal to say I'm just going to run this guy over. I think he's dead. You know, it's, it all comes down to this: Who edited this movie? That's a great question. Yeah. Because the editing like
1: really is phenomenal throughout it. There's like a lot of stuff where like we, this movie is like super efficient uh, without that meaning that it it like rushes anything. You know, It, 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 we, every shot is exactly as long as it needs to be. It cuts to like the exact right angle that your brain wants to see next. It's like, I was like astounded by, yeah, by this. Remember movie on like when the movies used level. to show you where to
2: look instead of yeah. tricking you into not looking at the stuff that they didn't do right? It, ex-
1: yes. Ugh. Yes. I, and that's, I mean, that that is what I took it to mean when you were saying, like, his camera is very instructional. Um, it uh, just lets you know well in in in
2: the in the way initially I meant it was just like he gives you all of the visual information, yeah, you need, absolutely, but I think in terms of the pacing and like the energy of your engagement to the scene, yeah. the way that it's cut and the way that the camera either moves or doesn't uh does exactly that as well in yeah. in that sense,
1: yeah, it's like. You know, there, there's a great shot when they're on that bridge sequence where he does one of those—I don't know what you call them, like snap zooms or whatever—on Yeah, yeah. On like basically a new problem that's about to befall the truck. They're mm-hmm. like they—they they have ju- they're just about to solve one problem and another one is about to like fall into oh, yeah, their the lap. tire
2: sinks in, yeah. and then then it suddenly starts incorporating uh, cuts to just the support rope on the bridge, right? Yeah, and so in this maelstrom of shots we keep cutting back to those now yeah and those start getting thinner yeah and then we introduce the um you know, just a different thing gets introduced yeah. and that starts getting phased into this almost montage of just direct shots
1: and he just like he uses the kit you know he'll do one of those snap zoom things onto something so that it's not just like I don't know. It is, it's instructional and stylish where it's just like, and now we got to worry about this. And now we got to worry about yeah, this. Yeah. And you know, it's, well it's there's really cool. Ad, like,
2: especially in that scene too, where it's, you know, it is showing like, okay, you know, this won't be exact, but like foot on the pedal, boom, 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 yeah, boom, yeah, yeah. boom, tire going across the thing, boom, 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 you know, a uh, rope at full thickness, boom, yeah. boom, boom, and then suddenly we start seeing shots cut in of the boards creaking a little yes. bit,, yeah, then yeah. it goes back to the tire, yeah, you're like, oh shit, that's gonna yeah. run into that, and then yeah. it goes back to, and so then, as that sinks into the tire, then we go back to the rope, and the rope's thinner now, yeah, yeah, you know, and then they introduce the winch and they introduce yeah. the rain, and then a, a <laughs> it cuts away to a house floating down the river, yep. to let us know that this river is. Fucked up yep. with so much energy yep. so that 30 seconds later, when the largest set of branches from a downed tree come across the whole thing and they got a machete them out of the yep. way, we
1: get why that happened. Because yep. this river can take a house. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just, just it's lets so, us know what yeah. to think about. The visual information is like uh, so efficient and amazing. It works so well.
2: So there's two editors on this. The okay. first one is Bud
1: Smith. Yeah, Bud um, Smith.
2: Known for Flashdance, uh-huh. To Live and Die in L.A., okay. The Exorcist, Waterworld. Uh, his last credits in 2014. But okay. uh, yeah, so he did cool. he, a bunch of stuff yeah, there. That's awesome. Um, as, oh, Darkman. Uh, so actually maybe, the stuff yeah. I was reading, maybe he wasn't the editor. He might have just been the producer. Sure. Oh, okay, no, editor for all of those. Cool. Um, so yeah, Darkman, uh, Cat Squad. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Poltergeist, Two, Karate Kid, ooh. Deal of the Century. Oh uh, man, Cruising. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, that's wow. a Friedkin, Friedkin movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's definitely done stuff with with Friedkin. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so then the other one is Robert K. Lambert. Okay. He's Three Kings, Bulletproof Monk, Oh Red Planet, wow. Bad Company, the one with Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins. Let me get back to his editing credits still kind of doing stuff. Yeah. Um nothing that I recognize. Sure. Oh, Pulse, that's the remake oh, yeah. of the Japanese. That's actually my favorite of the Japanese horror is the um is Cairo Pulse. He did I Heart Huckabees, okay, oh, so that. Yeah. And, and uh, Three Kings is, is, is Dodo. a uh, house of a thousand corpses. Whoa. <laughs> Rush Hour 2. Uh-huh. John McTiernan's classic action movie, Rollerball. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. <hard. laughs> the chris klein classic rollerball okay so yeah he's and he goes way back he's a guy um yeah he's a guy so yeah all pretty good stuff (laughs) the final countdown
1: he did the driver oh i love the driver i have Uh, not seen the driver the thing i always say about the driver is it's like one of the most efficient movies of all time it totally makes sense to me that that dude edited that movie
2: walter hill is actually He's very similar to Friedkin. Now yeah. I think about, it. and you know, it's kind of interesting. Him and uh
1: him and uh Friedkin
2: did uh, like back, uh, almost back to back WTF episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. Actually, I it. remember, remember listening to the Hill one. Yeah, They're, Like in the same yeah. area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they seem to be very uh, similar filmmakers to that, me. And I think of the Warriors. Yep. It's a little more colorful. Yes. Um, but it's or actually i don't even say more colorful. It's just a different color palette. Yeah. The greens in this are lush and oh, unreal. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um.
1: Oh yeah, Walter Hill is just very much a presentative filmmaker mm. where it's just information coming at you straight. Yeah, it, it, that, it, as soon as you said that, it's like that makes a hundred percent sense to me. Mm. That that the driver is like all visual information. There's it's like hardly be. any dialogue. It's
2: yeah. Is that the one? That's the. Wait, which one's the is Vanishing the Point the one with the recordings on the radio? Vanishing
1: Point is the one with the radio. Okay. I, I have to watch both of these. You should. These they're very high They're great. And, and actually, the driver is literally on its way to my mailbox, so we oh, can like make an, it episode. an episode at some point Yeah, soon. let's just do an episode. It's so good, and, and it is... Um, Bruce Dern is in it as a, like, a uh, motormouth cop. But he's like nice. the only one with any dialogue, so it's like no one else talks, and then Bruce Stern just never stops talking. That's incredible. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that was that was like forty years ago, so he yeah. was like only like hundred and twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. nice young yeah. buck. Yeah, I love he's Bruce awesome Stern. in it. Yeah, he's, uh, dude, I was I, I've been listening to the Hateful Eight score again. Oh yeah, because um, something in the uh, in the US score set me off to okay. it. Okay, um, just a small moment in yeah. it. Yeah. I forgot that that score has uh, has clips from the movie in it. Oh, yeah. I'm reticent to quote any of them because they're yes. just filled with words yeah. I don't feel comfortable Tarantino saying. Tarantino
1: loves to do that with his soundtracks. Oh, he
2: loves to do that. There's a conversation between Bruce Dern and, uh, oh, no, what's his name? Oh. The guy from The Mummy, and he's he's like the best. Uh, Tim Roth? Not Tim Roth. It was like his buddy. But he's trying to get him to eat soup at the, not Tim Roth's buddy, Bruce Dern's buddy.
1: Oh, Bruce Dern's buddy. Yeah,
2: there's a machine for this.
1: Who is it? Why can't I think of it?
2: Uh, He has the best name too, Walton Goggins.
1: Walton Goggins. And he's just trying to. What is he
2: in? What's in Hateful Eight. He's in The Mummy? I believe he's in The Mummy. The Brendan Fraser, The Mummy? Uh, Yeah, isn't he the guy who gets a, a brain beetle? I don't remember. Hang on, hang on. There's a machine for this. That I need to know. I don't
1: know why I need to know it now that I'm demanding it, but I need to know
2: it. Okay. I don't think he is in it. Okay. I have him confused with the guy who's in The Mummy and who's also in Deep Rising. That's who I'm thinking. I've about. never seen Deep Rising. That's you a monster movie. Deep I want to see monster monster that. monster movie yeah. starring Treat Williams. Oh, of course, <laughs> of The Substitute Two. Uh-huh.
1: Um, Sorry, <laughs> back continue back your to thought to class. that we started ten minutes ago. What the fuck?
2: Oh yeah, it's just a great clip of him trying to talk Bruce Dern into sitting. Come on, have a nice cup of soup at the table, yeah. and he won't do it because Sam Jackson's at the table. Yeah, and he's yeah, a yeah. racist, and it's such a good exchange. I mean, yeah. it's filled to the brim yeah, with words yeah. I don't want to say. Yeah. It's 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 just so funny. Yeah. But Bruce Dern is. His laugh out loud hilarious. It's dude, absolutely he's incredible. He's awesome. I gotta he's, watch. He's really driver. funny in the driver too. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll do it as an episode soon. It's such a great movie. I I definitely want to do that. Yeah. It's been it's and it, been it too is long. so efficient. It, I mean this definitely. Now that you said that, it's like this reminded me of that so much in that way where it's just like. It's all visual cues. It's like so efficiently delivered. The editing is like so on point and specific and just like, you need to see this now. Now I'm giving you this. You see the tires do this. That leads to it falling off this cliff. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm. it's so good. Yeah. This movie is like crazy impressive. It's impressive. It's the best. It's just the best. And the Tangerine Dream score is awesome because it's totally different than the the score that uh, they did for Thief. But it really works for this movie. It's a it's a much darker, um, more, you know, movie score like score, I would say. Like it well, this movie is
2: almost purposefully not flashy. Right. Um it's not about big flourish moments because yeah. there's no moments where they get to flourish. Yeah, yeah. The idea of a flourish is that you have this big thing and then you exhale. This movie yeah. doesn't allow you to exhale. Yeah, it's yeah. just pushing through. Yeah. So the you're not going to have the just like the sick licks that we heard <laughs> in the Thief score yes. because it's too flowery. Yeah, uh, This is supposed to, I don't want to say this is supposed to be dull, but part of what makes this movie so uh, aggressive and and such a worthwhile pursuit is that it's, it's trying to wear its characters down and yeah. we have to understand that. And so I think that it does speak to that. Um, it has a foreboding sense of dread to it. But by being less melodic and more feel-based, it just kind of, you just, uh, is yeah. the movie forward. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's Tangerine Dream, so it's it, so it good. can't help but pop. It's, I can't wait to yeah. listen to it. It's, oh, I'm so glad that you have that. Uh. Yeah. So I'm going back to Sorcerer. I wanted to pull up the trivia. Please. I remember reading something earlier about it. Sounds good. It really is just fantastic. I was going to say, then I think we could probably the, wrap the colors our colors look phenomenal. Talk. They really do. It's It's a gorgeous movie. Gorgeous movie. I, I wish I had more to say about it. This is one of those movies that I'm just blown away by. Oh, we, I mean, we've 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 gone about 90 minutes deep on. Oh it. We're, shit. we're doing okay. good. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's just, I just wish I had some cool like. You want to know this about this movie? But I mean, there's nothing. It's just, it's, it's just one it of it those movies dumb, though. It's like, yeah, movie. Uh,
1: like, uh, and, and and it's one of those things where like I I'm glad I've seen it because I want to talk to somebody like Dan Santelli about it and see if like. Is, is there something that i'm i'm not you know uh, am i only scraping the surface of this or is it just a, a perfect entertainment machine that is just like not that we we haven't gone below the surface of it but it, it you know the the what makes it so exciting and fun and interesting to watch is just that it is this like meticulously crafted little mm. like tension machine you know oh it's such a good tension machine yeah. i uh, i think i was incorrect about the piece of trivia
2: that oh, i okay. had earlier um It's backwards. This opened June 24th, 1977, before Star Wars. Oh, Audiences were so anticipating it that the week of its release, the lines at Man's Chinese Theater went around the block. However, a month later, Star Wars came out. It had initially been released in only a few theaters across the nation, but when it was put into wide release, it became a phenomenon. And by week two, the crowds for Sorcerer were dissipating to almost nothing. Yeah. One San Francisco movie house, which had broken box office records when it showed Star Wars, found that its business dwindled to nothing when Sorcerer replaced it for a week. In the end, Sorcerer only recouped nine million of its original twenty-one billion budget, making it a financial disaster. Well, I hope it wasn't a twenty-one billion budget. Oh no! I just—I got—I uh-huh. got cotton mouth. I, I understood. Oh, this is interesting I and mean, this is also this is dubious because it's uh, imdb uh-huh. tangerine dream wrote the musical score using only a draft of the script given them to given to them by the director at no time did they see any footage of the film whoa i don't know how i feel about that yeah and oh yeah and also this is this is a famous thing about it steve mcqueen was supposed to star in it but he said i can only be in it if my wife ali mcgraw can be in it too and it that's just not what this movie yeah, is. Yeah, this movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Where, Where is she in this movie? I mean,
2: you know, you could easily write in a character that's just, I mean, you could switch out any one of them to oh, just sure. because she's on the run for the same reason. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I think there's there's some thematic stuff separating from it that it is speaking to. These are a bunch of male ego dudes, you know, gone to an extreme. There was that big... Um, that could be explored, but, you know, it was also the 70s, so... Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I would certainly be interested in seeing uh, them... Uh, it could be done. So yeah, yeah, somebody try and tell that story with, with female characters. But I do think there is, like, uh, this particular movie is definitely trying to address some sort of um, ideas about masculinity. The big one that you and I ended up talking about when we were watching it was the moment where they are on the one bridge and I'm talking about the banker and the bomber now mm. they're on the one bridge and the the banker is outside of the car trying to direct the uh, Israeli guy to drive it over this bridge yeah uh, and the wheel of the car goes like through the bridge and so the car kind of sinks into the bridge thankfully it doesn't explode but it's a very nerve-wracking moment. Now they have to get it back up out of that hole to drive it to continue driving it off of the bridge. And so immediately the banker guy who's outside of the car starts waving the Israeli forward like, hey, come on, man, drive again, go forward. And the Israelis like, no fucking way, man, I'm not doing that again. And the banker just looks at him and goes, continue on, my friend, like you need to go, let's go. And then he literally has this moment like, okay, fine, I'll prove to you that this will blow me up. By doing it and blowing myself up with it. Like, You'll see when I die. Yeah, when I die, I will have incredulously proved that this was a bad idea. Better to be right and dead. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like, it is kind of like part of, part of me being able to buy into the journey that we go on in this movie is that it's men making the kind of poor decisions oh, yeah. that men will make.
2: I think it would take some writing that wasn't in some some heavy writing that wasn't in the source material to similarly similarly motivate a woman and fully serve it. Then it would be you know in terms of adding Ali McGraw to the main cast. I think
1: I could. I think you could. It could be done. Oh no, one hundred percent. What I was going to say is, I think you could sell me on. The same way that this movie builds these characters and it's opening like 10 minutes, mm. I think you could definitely sell me on a woman that I would buy making the same kinds of decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. as the movie goes on. Um, I think this movie buys some of those decisions without having to over-inform me because I immediately assume these men will make those decisions. Yeah, exactly. Does that kind of makes sense? It,
2: well, it just makes more sense for them to be men. This, yeah. is, this is a classic arc. And also, yeah. I think, too, to throw an Ally McGraw into the mix and then not have to contend with the fact that every single one of these dudes would try to fuck her. Right. Uh, they would have to, or else the movie would be a lie. It's just <laughs> that that's how these characters are. Uh-huh. That just becomes a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. You know, A movie that could be cool, you know, if, yeah. but... I could see why they would just be like, "Ah, we're going to get Roy Scheider instead. We can't yeah. write your wife into this. That's a lot of work."
1: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Steve McQueen would have been really interesting in this movie. I think he could do the Roy Scheider yeah, role. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think, well, actually probably because I am a little bit of a Steve McQueen hater. Yeah, not because yeah, yeah. I know a lot about him, but I think that he's not that cool. He's kind of dweeby. Uh-huh. I love all his movies, and I think he's great. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. I, everything I've seen of him yeah. in, he's awesome. But the fact that he's associated with cool, cool. fuck yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not cool. Yeah. He's like, he is whole milk. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, okay, whatever. I totally see what you're you saying. Know what I'm saying. He's just yep. a dweeb. But that's kind of how Roy Scheider is. He's just not framed as a cool guy.
1: I also, I, you know, I like McQueen well enough, but I think that, like, some of the things we were talking about where, like, Scheider can, like, wear his fear on his face. I think some of those sequences, like, thank God Scheider was who started this movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He was the best choice for this. That's not even a knock on McQueen as it is just, like, I I think. Roy Scheider's just that fucking good. Scheider really carries this movie, I think, in a. a, a, Scheider's
2: got. Oh, he's like a. He's he's got the ability to have that big old style Hollywood where it's just close ups on faces. Yeah, take their face, make it the size of a yeah. building. The people flock to it. He has that, but he does not have a classic handsome
1: look to him. Yeah, yeah. But he has that like big screen presence. Yeah, oh, totally. it's so good. Yeah, uh, I I'm so glad we watched this. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed loved it. this movie. Yeah, it's just incredible. It I I like couldn't believe it's another one of those movies where it's like I just couldn't believe how into it I was. And how tense I was during mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? It stacks all up, it stacks up all the cards. And, and it's another movie where it's like I've I've heard I I have been aware of this movie for a long time, and what I always hear about is it's the movie about getting dynamite over a bridge. Yep, yep, because that's that's what's on the poster. I mean, yeah, and, and that is a, is what it's about. But like, it, there's. I would not have expected it to be the movie it was, knowing only that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, even just the way the movie opens, I was like, oh, what is that? I don't even know. This is totally a different movie than I was expecting it to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I first saw it. I was just over at my
2: buddy Kevin's house many, many years ago, and he had the poster on his wall. Yeah. I was like, what is that? And he was like, dude, just see it. <laughs> I was like, All right. Yeah. And so I did. And yeah. it was, yep. He was right. Yeah. Awesome. It's funny. Every once in a while, he'll do that where there's just one movie where I'll be like, dude, you should just fucking
1: watch that watch that (laughs) movie and it's like okay yeah and he was right about this one. Yeah. This one's great, really good. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. I think this is one that I am like, I will be very excited to revisit uh, in like a better format, like on the yeah, big yeah. screen. I want to see this on you the know, big screen like, so uh, bad. I would love to.
2: Yeah, this was a very fun movie to watch. You watch. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was very fun. That's good. I enjoyed that. I love it. Well, so in honor of this movie, our, let's yeah, do our list. Uh, we're gonna do our lists. I, mine isn't even really in a list form. I just have a bunch of examples. Yeah, that's I, what's going on? Because it, it turns out. What the list uh-huh. idea was, is movies where the good guys aren't really that good, but they're not villains. Right. You know, like, they're the, pr- like, not very good, but protagonists. Yeah, I know? was I was thinking
1: they're the protagonist of the movie. That does not mean they're a good person. That was sort of the way I I, I sort of took it.
2: Turns out that's every movie. Yeah,
1: yep. <laughs> that's every movie. Yep.
2: Um, because people who are good that start out good and remain good don't make good movies. That's yeah. just boring. Yeah. And, uh... So that's so I, that's what I, it turns out. But I tried to lean into it and find the heavier examples of people that, in another lens, could be actually villainous.
1: I I leaned in really hard and went for people where it's like I think a few of these are more what you're saying. Where yeah, it's yeah. like when if you look at it through the right angle, it's like they're not the hero. They're a they're a bad person. Oh, no, I,
2: I'm I'm saying it
1: like uh, I I'm no maybe that is how I'm saying it. I'm just thinking of it in terms of like. You know,
2: these, these, these people are actually very bad people. Yes, yes. Um, That's kind of what I yeah. went for.
1: I tried to really go for, like, they're the protagonist of this movie, but they're not a but good... But they're not like, good, yeah. Like if they w-
2: weren't the protagonist, they'd be the antagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're the protagonist. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like we said uh, when we were talking about this list, Thief is a great example yeah. of this.
2: He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: And a well-motivated yep. and, uh, and engaging fascinating and fascinating yep. piece of shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. It's the same thing I did. So, and some of these are actually examples from our own show, because as you said, every movie is about this. So we've done a bunch of these. Uh, so I skipped some, and I don't. But I threw like Taxi Driver on the list. I just that's oh, a pretty yeah, yeah. clear, clear, clear-cut example of Travis Bickle is the protagonist of that movie. Travis Bickle is a fucking psychopath. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> he's nuts. He's a madman. He yeah. could benefit from medication. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Taxi um, Driver.
2: Okay, I uh, I went with uh, any of the oceans movies. That's uh, yep, uh, and because like all it is is theft. Yes, in the name of making someone who's worse than them feel bad. Yeah, they're major <laughs> criminals. <laughs> they're just major yeah. criminals. But we like it because the person they're stealing from is worse because they told us he's worse. Yeah, he's it's so he's worthless. More bad because
1: they told us their version of a story. where yeah, he's it's, more it's bad all through their eyes. Yeah,
2: and so yeah, it's just like like. To the dude who's just like a a security schlub working at one of the Uh casinos that just needed to just have an uneventful night at work and protect some money. To him, Brad Pitt is the goddamn bane of his existence. If he saw him on the street, he would lose his shit. Yeah. But to us, we're like, look at the way he's cute with George Clooney. Uh
1: They're adorable when they talk. Yeah. Uh, my next one is another, uh, you know, Travis Bickle like example of just like this is this this is not a they they just happen to be the protagonists of this movie, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yes, great answer. Mick Cage is a terrible, terrible man in that movie. He is He's a terrible, a man. very bad man.
2: I thought of that movie watching Sorcerer because there was a quick cut to a very very glowing green lizard clinging to a screen. Yes, and it held on it for a little bit, and I was yeah. like, that had the same. Jarring visual reaction You know I felt that same reaction As I did in Puerto Call.
1: Yeah Sorry I I'm it a sure big yawn. Oh, It's
2: all good I'm sure Werner Herzog Has seen Sorcerer Yeah of course I mean I'm pretty sure That most nights When he goes to sleep He dreams Sorcerer
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah What was the other truck called?
2: Um, it was the word for danger oh, yeah, I think it was peligro Peligro it's Peligroso is dangerous yeah. in, okay. in the Spanish That they teach here In high yeah. school I don't know what dialect of spanish that was yeah i don't
1: know mm. no. yeah uh yeah so bad lieutenant bad Call lieutenant's land, good so well, a, we'll keep it with nicholas cage yeah, and there's a
2: really tremendous movie called lord of war oh i've not seen that lord of. i mean i, I really liked it when i saw it it was yeah. many many years ago but i mean it was a great experience and he is a guy who finds a loophole where it's just what he learns is most wars at the end of it it's cheaper to just leave the fallen weapons there than to go and round them up we'll just make new weapons yeah yeah so he makes a business out of collecting these weapons that belong to no one and selling them to warlords Whoa. it's great because he beat an already corrupt system yeah but it starts to be one of those things where you know what's going to win his greed or his morality yeah yeah and right off the bat even coming up with that business is uh, is just yeah evil yeah. you know yeah and but he's motivated very very well and it culminated and you know who's great in it jared leto's great oh, in it it's a good movie yeah. i liked that movie a lot i like nick cage <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> nothing on jared leto <laughs> no nope, i'm gonna leave that one be
1: uh uh, so, I'm going to list four movies right now. There cool, are cool. Four movies we have done on I Like to Movie Movie. I'm about to list for you Psychos 1, 2, 3, and 4. Hells yeah. Uh, you know, spec- the that, sequels. He's
2: the protagonist and villain, yes. I think, in all of those movies. The, I was going to say, yeah. I mean,
1: it, especially 2, 3, and 4, you can go like he's the protagonist of that he's movie. He's also the antagonist in some of. In, you, uh, yeah,
2: I guess it's in.
1: Maybe in three and
2: four, two we learn more. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it, I think he very it very much becomes movies about him. Oh, he
2: was so saved in two.
1: And I do think you could say I know. I do think <laughs> I you could say in the first one he is the protagonist of that movie in the sense that like you know we lo- we kill a character halfway through that movie and then bring other characters in, so it's like really your anchor point in that movie is him. That yeah, That movie's yeah, about yeah. him. That movie's not about anybody else. So I I decided to include uh, him because he's. Man, uh, we did all those movies. We did man. all of them, and they're great. They were, I mean, I, that that uh, reawakened my my love for uh-huh. just like I've been doing franchises now. That's what I've been. It's the doing. best. Yeah, franchises
2: rule. Um, I don't have much to say about this one because I'm sure we've talked it at length. But Hell sure. or High Water is a great. Oh my example God, that's a great example. Because they are not good people. No, and um, they're being pursued by uh, half good people. Right um not that Jeff Bridges is an awful person but he's not he's not the most up and up individual yeah, his yeah. partner's the only virtuous one it right. seems yeah. um yeah it's just they're, they're just two monsters that they have the they have the exact same problem as the men in sorcerer Yeah, and it's that the only way out is through yeah. they just cannot accept the idea that maybe we should step back and replan right yeah. and it's just just push through just keep yeah. pushing and push faster than
1: they're chasing yeah. you yeah And Hell or High Water is one of those movies that like tries to give a sort of like righteous reason for why they're doing what they're doing. But it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, they're still doing what they're doing, though. You know,
2: thinking about Hell or High Water, I take back what I said about Chris Pine being not good for sorcerer. Right. because I was gonna, in I, that movie, not—I mean—he goes through some shit, but there's never a moment where I'm like, "He's a handsome man." I know. <laughs> and that always—he actually
1: is like a very—I think he's a handsome man, but he's like an interesting-looking man. Yeah. And so yeah. I think you can I take that back. You like, could do. You make him do it. Yeah. yeah. I think, especially because he's fucking bruised up and beaten that whole movie anyway. You know. Yeah. He's gonna be makeup'd up. Uh, yeah, hello is a great one. Uh, I'm gonna throw you. Uh, another movie I just watched, Videodrome. Oh, yeah. Fucking Max, I think is his name, is like a bad dude. Yeah. He's like a real bad dude. Yeah. He's um, a greedy ass motherfucker. Yeah. He's the, he is the, well, and Tori pointed out to me, he's like this, like, very overtly sexist character. You know who he reminds me of? Yeah. James Woods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, we were joking about how it's like, but well, we might have even talked about this in the last episode. We were just joking about how it's like, I wonder if Cronenberg actually, like, read all of this on James Woods and was like, oh no, I'm going to see, this is how much a piece of shit I think this character I'm making a movie about is. I'm going to hire a piece of shit that I think is so much of a piece of shit, he's not going to realize I hired him to play a piece of shit because he's a piece of shit. And James Woods is going to
2: be like, man, I played such a good piece of shit. I'm a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say you're not a great actor, but let's talk about why you're yeah, good at playing. But a piece of you shit. know what you smell like, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit! You just ate a cigarette like it was a chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dipped it in the ashtray and then ate it like it was a tortilla yeah. chip. I hope you know this. <laughs> and then, and then you looked at your dick and it was erect, and then you looked back <laughs> in my eyes. It was very weird, James Woods. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Uh, No, I don't want to know why you don't think the planet is going climate change. Stop. I don't give a shit. Go make John Carpenter's Vampires 3. Wait, is he in Vampires? He's in Vampires. That's one of the only ones I haven't seen. I don't actually remember that movie that much. I might not even have seen it. He's in Vampires. Then Vampires 2, Los Muertos, stars Bon Jovi. I don't think I even knew they made sequels to to that movie. Oh, yeah. That was the area where era where they were doing things like dracula 2000 and then dracula 2002 which is just <laughs> called like dracula <laughs> a, oh my goodness give great give me um, another example i have so many i don't know which one i want to do um okay you know what three billboards outside of Epic oh, Missouri. that's a great one there are no characters in that that don't behave selfishly yeah. in some way yeah um and my read on that movie is the intersection between morals and ethics, and every character's got one or the other, yeah, and none of them can permutate in a way that they have both, yeah um the only character in it that that seems to be ethical and moral um but we really don't know much about her was woody Harrelson's wife, yeah, uh, yeah. played by why can't I forget her, her I'll name. look it up all year and um and man what's his name loves using her nerd movies uh. But yeah, uh, she's the only one who's ethical and all that. And she's a minor character, but it's all about all of these other people that are just (laughs) real motherfuckers.
1: I just can't remember. Is it. uh, Is that Abby Cornish's character? Abby Cornish. Yeah. Yeah. uh,
2: What's his name? What's the director's name? Why am I blanking? Oh, Mark McDonough. Mark McDonough. Yeah, he loves her. Uh, But he's been using her since the days of the stage. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, like everybody in that movie is like they've either got their heart in the right place or their head in the right place, and never at the same time. And it's they're just so close to being good, but like I don't want to be near
1: any of them because they're fucking selfish (laughs) pricks. They're so villainous. I'll uh, I'll toss for my last one: the killer on this list, the John Woo movie, the killer. It's uh, literally about a killer. He's bad. He kills. Um, uh, but it is man. Is it a good movie? Yeah, it, it's. There are so many examples of this where it's just like this movie is about a bad person, bad person. But they that they're the star.
2: They have one that's that's really funny and one that I think is questionable. Uh, my questionable one is The Life Aquatic, oh. just in reference to C- Steve Zissou. Yeah, because. That whole movie is about him trying to get vengeance on a shark. Yeah. He has lost his way. He doesn't like the ocean anymore. He just wants to kill a shark because it ate his partner. I
1: also think he's generally like a selfish man. He's a selfish like, man. He wants to reconnect with his well. son because it's good television. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, um Yeah, it's it's one but then at the end when he sees the fish and falls in love with the sea again, he realizes that the journey is what matters, you know. Yeah. He does have the rogue moment where he, where he takes over the pirates. That's like the
1: funniest it's thing amazing. in the world.
2: It's one of the best things in a movie. Um, well and it's like <laughs> so even the really way funny. it's like
1: depicted too because it's the only moment in the movie that is not like heightened it gets like yeah. very real the camera gets like handheld yep, yep. intense and there's smoke but there's and a great song on all it. the sound well that's what happens it's like all the sound goes out he has this moment of like i have to be a man right now like the only yeah. way this ends is like i do i just this do my this i become the captain yeah and then all of a sudden the fucking rock and roll kicks in and he <laughs> yeah. like becomes the action hero of the movie he's, he's just in like 70 and yeah
2: handling shit it's but so even good. i guess even in that moment it's somewhat less about i got to save these people and more about i'm the goddamn captain I'd i better behave like
1: one i think that's why the music it's because it's yeah, yeah. a wes anderson movie again yeah, that's When true. He, like when he like kicks into captain he's mode. the badass in <laughs> yeah. his head yeah. yeah
2: so that's like the but the other one uh the one that i think is inarguable is just john wick
1: yeah uh, dude it's yeah. on my list too okay yeah. right on yeah john Agreed. wick
2: like what's we love john wick for a couple reasons he's good at what he does yep. uh
1: he got out yep and he's keanu reeves yep
2: but is, we forget that he's the boogeyman
1: it is the ultimate example of like this is a terrible person yep they they he is bad he is we know he's bad.
2: capable of love i yep. believe that he loved yeah, yeah, his yeah, wife yeah um he's incapable of hope yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely incapable. and it's like, of like hope. you said
1: he's the boogeyman like even in the world of villains that this takes place in He's the worst one. He's the worst one. But the movie's about him. He's just... Yeah, it's about yeah, him. Yeah. He's, and we like the
2: fact that he's unkillable and yeah. great at killing. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for that Oh, my one. God.
1: That new trailer was the best movie I've seen all year. I was on a Reddit
2: thread. Actually, it started... Uh, it, I didn't participate in the Reddit thread, but we were kind of doing it in our group text yeah. of just Jason Manzukis in John Wick. Yes. And so there was like a whole Reddit thread of him just being like, yeah, this guy came at me with a gun and I, I can't make heads or tail of it. <laughs> yeah, <yeah. And> <laughs> all of these ridiculous things it he could say. It was wild. <laughs> it was wild. I met him and this guy, he
1: gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, Oh my God! I can't wait for that movie. That trailer so is gorgeous. Good. It's so when so he's chopping so. Chopping out motorcycle tar-ty. sword, motherfuckers! Oh,
2: what? What? I can't wait. What are we
1: doing? I do. I. What wait. are we doing? Being you know today what we're doing? We're waiting there. for John Wick. We're That's waiting. what I'm doing. And he's waiting. I'm waiting for John Wick. I
2: saw a meme online that showed the picture of uh, Aquaman and and <laughs> Lady Aquaman running up a desert. You know the mm, Mira. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, running up a dune in the desert on one <laughs> oh, angle yes. and, and him running up the other. And they're like, this movie better be what happens <laughs> when they
1: meet at the top. <laughs> uh-huh. And yes, make that the movie. Give me that movie. That's the movie I want. John Wick is going to John Wick. be on my top 10 movies of the year. Oh, it's going to be on the top 10 movies of like life.
2: Yes. It's just so. When John Wick came out, everyone was like, what is that? This better not be just one of those like taken riffs, but with Keanu Reeves. Yep. Oh, it was anything. But. Oh, and it, yeah, anything yeah. but. Oh and then god. the fact that it actually had a world bigger than just the revenge yeah, story yeah. that you can build upon. Yeah. God
1: damn it! It's a perfect property. Oh my god! I and it
2: keeps, in my estimation, it got better the second I, I, time around. I actually
1: agree. I rewatched yeah. both of those movies recently, and I think the second, the second one better. is like a fucking knockout masterpiece. And they the first stepped one's it up. Incredible, but the first it, one's like, a knockout yeah, masterpiece, yeah, but, but the second one's Oh
2: My god! So this third one, I mean. They're bringing in horses. Get the
1: fuck out of my life. What's crazy to me is the the second one is a gorgeous movie that the modern art exhibit that it goes to at the end is like the most beautiful thing I've seen in an action movie. The trailer for this new one makes it look like the entire movie is that like modern art sequence. Like it's, (laughs) oh God, I can't wait
2: gonna be so good yeah. they have everything fist fighting it looks guns, beautiful fist fighting
1: with guns dude when he throws 45 person. knives into that guy's dick in oh. the ones oh <laughs> give it to me it's
2: so good and and this is what i love about it
1: well they did kill his dog
2: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it, which actually not even they did kill his dog some fucking puke yep. killed his dog yep and then he just couldn't let well enough alone, yep. and then now hell is raining down upon yeah. him. It's Oh, God, Man. It's so good. I just want someone to grab him and be like, yo, dude, seriously, though, what would your wife actually think? <laughs> uh-huh. She would think buy another dog and name it after me is what yeah, she'd yeah, probably yeah. think. Yeah. But you had to rip all the guns that you had out of the floor. You said you threw them out. Yeah. You paved them into your floor, <laughs> yeah. and now the world's trying to kill you. Uh. You got Lawrence Fishburne uh-huh. involved.
1: Uh-huh. That's, that is, that's big. He doesn't just roll through. Did you notice that they quoted The Matrix again? Yeah. Oh, you gotta. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's he's. I, d- I wouldn't say that he's
1: the same character, but right. I mean, he's the same. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I loved that 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 for some reason they just keep quoting The Matrix in these movies. They should have a scene where they're just like, "Man,
2: you're really good at a uh, gunfu. Why is that?" <laughs> and you'd be like, "Well, I know kung fu." <laughs> like, oh. oh. I see. Uh-huh. Well, man. I want to watch the Matrix again. <laughs> Ooh, we should do an. Episode we should do a of series Matrix. of the Matrix. Oh, I would love to because I think people are starting to reassess the second yeah. and third one. And I was never as harsh on them as as a lot of people were. Yeah. Um I know that they've always been well liked, you know. But uh, I wonder if they're better or worse than I remember. I know, and I'm hoping better. I, think I would totally
1: we're... revisit those. That would be a good series to do. We should do it. We should.
2: All right. Yeah, I think we're done. Dan Scully on everything letterbox Twitter uh, check out cinema 76.com findy.com uh, yeah perfect. yeah find me on oh you know it also just uh, as a shout out you should check out an Indiegogo campaign oh yeah go that uh, uh, my significant other Jenna is putting on uh, she wrote and co-direct co-wrote and co-directed and stars in a show called Johnny Depp a retrospective on late late stage capitalism so actually just Google that and you'll find the Indiegogo. I I, have, I can put up a link somewhere. I have seen this show. It's and a it good is show. Very good. Good show. And they're taking it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in yes. Scotland, which is really gonna be cool. Super excited. That's like a very big fringe. I believe that's where like Flight of the Concords were discovered oh, and whoa. stuff like that. So it's just like it's a really fun thing that she's doing, but going to Scotland is not cheap. Yeah. And living in Scotland for, you know, half of a month is not cheap. Yeah. And so they have some really cool and very hilarious uh not prizes, what are they? Uh, incentives that yeah. are gonna give out for very low donations. You don't have to donate a lot. Every little bit helps, so help her get out there and so that I can then just have a
1: reason to go visit. It's this is all for me guys. Uh, uh also the show is just like great. So yeah, it's like it's o- fantastic it's worthwhile. It's re- it's really fun and funny and, and weird and and it's very
2: strange, and it's also like this is the perfect time because they're getting free advertising because Johnny Depp and Amber Heard yeah. can't get their dumb fucking asses out of the news, <laughs> and so because these it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, there's just this show's growing and there's material yeah. changing, and it's just free advertising for them. So, yeah, even if it's just a dollar, it's greatly appreciated, and you're donating to something truly original and local and fun.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Uh, I'm on Cinema76.com, FarsightedBlog.com. Uh, and uh, check out... Um, actually, if you go on Cinema76.com this week... Uh, oh, yeah! My <laughs> partner, uh, Tori, wrote a piece about Barbara Crampton. Uh, Very cool. That just went up. So that was her first thing for Cinema76. I think she's going to maybe start doing some stuff for them.
2: It's cool. I think it's so cool that the roster's gotten big. I know. Me too. It's like... The site's actually like, real. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. so real. We're yeah. doing it.
1: Uh, so yeah, check check out that article on Barbara Crampton that's up there. Uh, Tori wrote that, and it's very good and fun and cool. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at I like two movies numeric two. Uh, I don't know. We're on Tumblr. I like two movie at gmail dot com. Please get in touch with us. Let us know what movies you want us to watch and talk about. Uh, my name is Garth Smith, and I like to movie movie. Now I'd be like yawning. Yeah, you can do it. My name
2: is Dan Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, And I like to movie, movie.
1: And we all know that you like to movie, movie. Because Because we we like like
2: to movie. movie.